Welcome to our Rollmaster actual play session. Twilight of the Old Order and Ain't No Place for a Hero are two campaigns currently co-joined, set in the world of Duranaki, the continent of men. In this gritty, cutthroat world, politics, religion, and commerce are all intertwined and reign supreme. Characters need to be both smart and ruthless to survive. We hope you enjoy our story, and, as always, may the dice roll in your favour. This is episode 117 of Twilight of the Old Order, and episode 94 of Ain't No Place for a Hero. The two parties have been reunited and are now neck deep in the middle of a dangerous mission on a forgotten, dismal island. We rejoin our story in the middle of an ambush by our heroes on the group of armed people escorting a prisoner. Hello, I'm Chris otherwise known as GM Chance. And welcome to our story. Or rather, stories, as I have just been reminded. Uh, because we have not one, but two campaigns. Uh, five characters in one. And previously, five characters in the other. But we have now a mysterious sixth character join. And for regular viewers, for fans of our channel, you will spot uh, the new image. And we'll be learning a little bit more about that character in a minute my usual shout out my usual thanks uh to our to our regular viewers um love the comments love the support keep them coming uh, i am quite mindful of the fact that it's uh, by the time this video comes out it will have been quite a time um there will have been quite a backlog of videos so uh regular viewers of the channel will know that uh, will have seen that we did uh, four videos for in person uh, back in October and those are taking a very long time to edit so they're still churning out uh, but once those four are out um, this one that you're watching right now um, will uh, will be out in about five or six quite promptly afterwards so um, yes aware currently what are we at the 29th the end of November uh, there has been a, um, a shortage of these videos uh, but you're watching it now, and there'll be uh, more videos coming out more promptly in the future. There we go. Enough from from me. Well and truly, um, you're here to hear about our heroes, about the stars of the show, about the characters, their quirks, their personalities, their uh, mind games, their love interests, their goodness knows what. Um... And let's jump into them this evening with a bit of an overview of each character and then answering a character development question. And kicking it off tonight, Pete, take it away, please. Kira, thanks, Chris. Yep, I'm Pete, and I'll be playing four characters tonight, the first of which is Leif. Um, Leif is a half-elf. He's a, also a um, warrior mage by profession, which means he uses magic and weapons fairly proficiently. Um, his favourite weapon is his is his uh, long sword, um, and I said he's a very friendly guy. So the question I'll be answering about uh, for life is, um, 
Do you believe in fate or free will? Um, he definitely believes in free will. That's the sort of person he is. He was brought up sort of non-religious or non, sort of, um, yeah, was sort of sort of like that sort of open-minded uh, way of thinking. Um, but during his travels, recent travels, and during this campaign, having come across divine beings, um, learning about divine beings and things like that, he is also open, open to the possibility of some things well, may well be fated or out of, out of mortals' control. He'd certain, certainly entertain that possibility. Cool. Uh, the next character I'm playing tonight is Mithan. Um, Mithan is a, a North woman. She is a ranger by profession, so she likes the outdoors. Um, she's quite good with her bow, and she has a small number of healing spells and um, sort of um, healing skills as well. She's not a very friendly person. She's not a people person, uh, safe to say. Although, yeah, for the first time in her life, really, apart from perhaps her, her brother, she is developing trust with some of the members of the party. Um, what sort of leads into the question to ask, uh, um, answer for her is, would you give your life for a stranger? And the answer to that is no. She values her life, and one of her sort of core beliefs is to protect, or one of her core tenets is to protect her life. Mm -hmm. Very, you know, quite aggressively, really. Um, she is. She would heal people, and she's she's she learned to be a healer in a leper colony because after she was injured one time, that's where she had to go to be to recuperate, um, and to, that's where she learned the art of healing and the value of restoring bodies to health. But no, she wouldn't put her life on the line for someone else. Um, the next character I'll be playing tonight is Neathanol. Um She is usually played by Graham, but he's unable to be here tonight. She is a high elf, um, and her, by profession she is a magent, which is a mixture of arms, uh, stealthy skills, and magic. Um, Neathanol is uh, sort of feels like a sort of a regular person. You know, she's reasonably engaging. You know, on the face of things, but behind there's a lot going on behind the scenes, I believe, and she's quite intense and has a um, quite a not quite fanatical but she has her own religious beliefs that she sticks to and um, dictates some of her behaviour but as she's quite sneaky we don't always see all of her behaviour um, same question I'd answer for Neathanol would be um, would she give her life for a stranger I, I don't believe that she would um, she's happy to take strangers lives but perhaps not give her own um, I think um, the next character I'll be playing tonight is Nicholas. Um, he is a common man, um, and by profession he's a mentat, which means he's a sort of a spell user of spells to do with people's minds, basically. Um, he's quite unassuming. He doesn't like to be center of attention by any means. He likes to sort of blend into the background and not be noticed. Um, yeah, quite a nice, a nice, if somewhat odd fellow. Um, question to answer for him is um, how do you handle failure? So Nicholas is, is quite the sort of analytical type. He sees himself as, oh, I don't know, a scientist, you know, if there's such a, such a thing exists in this world, but he certainly is analytical and breaks things down into its component parts. So he would analyse any failure and he would want to um, rectify it, basically. He don't want to understand it. He wouldn't, he would, and a part of that would be he'd be removing and blame from himself i suppose and you know in his mind yeah so those are those four characters um i think we'd all like to hear from the new character can we please hear from giles 
just while Giles is yeah. opening, opening up, um, I'd just like to thank you and other people, including Giles, for picking up Graham's characters and others tonight, including uh, Alex's. So thanks, Pete and uh, Aiden, Mason, and Giles. Giles, the floor's yours. Well, thank you very much, Jim. So I'm, I'm playing two characters tonight. Uh, the first is Tarquin. Uh, he's just uh, been introduced uh, to his group. Um, so I'll tell you what you can can see and know from Tarquin from his looks. Um, obviously, he's a he's a fairly good-looking chap. Um, would appear to have a little elvish blood in him, perchance. Um, and appears to be denuded of all possessions at the current time. Does he use spells? Does he use weapons? That's all a little unclear. Um, but certainly seems to have some sense of self-possession. So it kind of seems to be well aware of himself in the brief contact he's had with the party so far. Um, and I think the question from a character development perspective I'd ask, ask for Tarquin is, does he believe in fate, fate or free will? Um, and the answer to that is yes. Um, he believes it in both. Um, difficult not to believe in fate if you believe in the gods. Um, certainly appears to be happy to act of his own accord. Um, and the second player I'm playing tonight is Etienne Gilderflower. Uh, Etienne was normally played by Graham, um, and I've picked him up for tonight. Um, so as you can tell, uh, he's a paladin by trade, um, clad in beautiful armour, only slightly outshone by his own beautiful good looks himself. Um, very handy uh, with a broadsword. And the question at our Answer for him is, would you give your life for a stranger? And I think Etienne's answer to that would be, perhaps, if, if that appeared to be part of the Maiden's Code, um, and more likely, should the person requiring protection be be very beautiful and very, um, very uh, attractive um, in their ways and looks. Excellent. Um, and I'll pass it over to... Uh, Mason. Ah. Ah, thanks, Charles. Um, kia ora, I'm Mason. Um, tonight I'm playing two characters. The first is Demos. Uh, he's um, a big, tall, beautiful um, beefcake. Uh, not the not the brightest not the brightest person, but and not very well read. Um, but he is quite observant, he's a pretty keen observer, and he's picked up a bit on the Westron language that everyone seems to speak around him. So his Westron has become pretty good since being with the party, which is great, so he can kind of understand what's going on a little bit more now than he had previously. Um, his question, uh, do you believe in fate or free will? Um, it's not something he's ever, he's ever really considered or thought about, but... He's not he's not keen on the idea that everything is kind of predetermined for him but on on the other hand it does you know coming across this party at the time that he did it kind of feels like fate so he's in two minds about it um and then the second character I'm playing tonight is um Kiros I'm playing for Alex um so she's um, a very stunning, um, very small uh, Norse woman. She's she's quite young. I think Alex says she can be quite naive, um, but she really makes up for that 
um, I think in in her, I don't know, in her um, oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? Abilities like blast people with ice pop. Ice yeah, pops. that too, <laughs> and her incredible magic powers, which has pulled us out of many, many, many near death experiences. <laughs> um, and she also has her cat's victory that the party love in the door, as does um Kiros. Um. <laughs> Uh, so for her, I think, um, do you believe in fate or free will? I think, I think she believes more in free will and in the sense that there are consequences for your actions and that fate can't save you from those. But I don't think she's impartial to like fate being a thing. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very <laughs> much indeed. Nice one. I'd like to hear from Sorry, um, I'll pass over to Aiden. Hello, uh, I'm Aiden, and I'm playing two characters today. Uh, the first one is Grey, who is a very handsome half-elf, who is a beastmaster. Uh, he's had a terribly rough time in his, in his past, but he's uh, he's come a long way. He's, he's learned to read, he's learned to be amongst humans. Um... Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, what what would he do if he gets jealous? He's not very good at dealing with his jealousy. He just kind of internalizes it and becomes very quiet. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's not really sure what to do with it. Um, Has he been jealous? Yet... Can you can you think oh of can you oh think? Uh, maybe a little bit here and there. There's some other very beautiful mm. long legged. Mm. Guys in the party that have turned the heads of of some of the the ladies that he possibly fancies. Um, yeah, he just kind of play with his ponytail angrily and <laughs> internalize it. <laughs> and not to put numbers on the game too much, but there are some very so. There's a score for attractiveness out of a hundred. And now um, another one. And. Uh, We've actually got a winner, ladies and gentlemen, and it is our friend Tarquin, who's on 102. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Grey doesn't like him already. Doesn't <laughs> trust him. Very um, good. Thank you. And uh, I'm also going to be playing one of Graham's characters, Severin, who is a very charming Northman. Uh, he's a dad hand with a sword, and he's also very strong, yes. uh, which he gets from his father. He's, uh, he's, he's a very verbose man. He's very good with his words, um, which I, I'll, I'll try and stick to. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's a very clever, military-minded guy who's, who's very good at coming up with strategy. Um, he's, he's somewhat interested in his own appearance, uh, which is a bit at odds with his kind of noble character. Um, if he gets jealous, I feel like he would kind of internally confront his own jealousy because he is quite a noble guy, and I don't think he would want it to affect what he's doing because he's he's quite a military man. Um, so I think he'd kind of just deal with it internally, uh, and then and then, or if he needed to talk to the person to get it out, he would do it. Excellent, very good. Yeah, express himself with his broadsword perhaps occasionally too. Wow, once or twice. <laughs> Excellent. Marvellous. Thank you. Um, and I'd love to hear from Star. Hi. <clears throat> I play Jada. 
Jada was given to a monastery as a baby. Uh, so she was raised religious, um, God-fearing, righteous. She's very quiet, fully robed, and a bit judgy. She's an Arab-looking healer, um, and she wants to start a hospital called Healers Without Borders. Lovely. Um, the question she's answering is, is based on that she almost died recently. She's still still not over it. Um, so how would she handle failure? So she will question her life choices, probably get a bit more cautious, and just try and learn from her mistakes. Cool. Lovely. Is that, is that all of us? No. We haven't, we haven't heard from Anthony. Anthony. All right. Uh, good evening. Uh, kia ora. I'm playing two characters tonight. Uh, first up is my character, Askelin, or Askel for short. He's a uh, tall half-elf warrior mage who comes from the port city of Shabibi. Uh, he loves his uh, recently acquired ornate cutlass. Um, and, yeah, so question for him. Uh, how do you handle failure? Well, it happens all the time when it comes to trying to hit anything or cast a spell. So, yeah, he's gotten pretty good at that. Uh, and moving <laughs> on. So that's, that's, that's cool. Um, uh, tonight I'm also playing uh, Tanya on behalf of Graham. Um, uh, Tanya Amastasia, I believe that's how yes. Graham pronounces it. Um, a very beautiful uh, elf. Uh, quite fiery and uh, passionate is uh, what I've seen how she's how she is played um, and absolutely deadly with a bow um, uh, question would you give your life for a stranger well up until uh, just earlier no she wouldn't have but uh, she had this moment just before as she had her bow at the ready and and then there was a stranger yonder, and she said, "Oh my old gods, he's yummy." <laughs> I would die for him. <laughs> Interesting. And that is Tanya. <laughs> Lovely. Excellent. Well introduced. Well met, one and all. And there we go, up on screen. Team, all thirteen of them. Count them. All the way from 1 to 13. That is a lot of characters. Let's see what they get up to this evening. Pete, rather than pop up some... Oh, I might pop up some images, but I'll certainly show a map as well. Could you give our viewers and perhaps even our players uh, a, a quick pricey of what happened last time? And of course, anybody jump in at any at any stage if qualifying. Alfred Pete, sure. that's... Sure thing. Um, we are on the on Jewel Island in the southwest Quintana uh, Sea. We are here on a quest to get ourselves into the good books of the Bondmen, because um, they are in opposition to the uh, the Kingdom of Tarang, um, who we believe are trying to end the world. So we're we're wanting to get get in good with these guys. Our mission for with with them is to uh, to confiscate to to seize a shipment of weapons um that are uh, tarang weapons that are somewhere on this island um the the emperor the kingdom of tarang um ships are due to arrive tomorrow to collect these so we're really really running out of time mm. um but 
perhaps never too late, and also we've sort of been dicked around by them a bit, so in, in um, Dave's opinion, <laughs> screw them, <laughs> a little bit. As we encountered on this island, we've encountered a group of Roldenic people who are on the same mission from the Monmen, we believe. So, hmm. And these Roldenic people were, were after, would certainly after the um, Kira party to kill. Anyway, last session we were on our way to um, where we believe uh, the TCOS agents are with this weapon store, or at least a, a lead on them, which is in this place called Big Head Hill. We were. On our way up to the hill in front of Big Head Hill, when we got wind from Ningi, um, Gray's helpful uh, peregrine falcon, that there were people around. So um, it was coming on for evening. We were uh, sort of stopped in a stand of trees, the stand of trees you can see to the bottom left of the screen there. Uh, Neathanel and Nicholas went ahead flying and invisible, as we do, um, and we spotted a group of people coming down the hill. Um, no. Up the hill. Up the hill. Sort of from behind us a bit. And um, there were seven people, six uh, six um, armed people, and one prisoner. Dum, dum, dum. Um, so we laid an ambush um, for, for them. Um, notably, they were not Roldenic. We, we, we were not clothed in the, the, the Roldenic church out, um, outfit, so we did figure that these are probably the, the TCOS people that we are after so yay we're perhaps in the right place on the right on the right trail finally um so, so somewhere in this area we uh they were strung out in a bit of a, a line there and we surprised them with archery fire we surprised them with some spells um and i don't remember what the status of all of them were but a couple are asleep um a couple are dead a couple of are injured um, the prisoner got free, yay, and ran into the um, ran to the forest. So well done, and that was Tarquin. So yay, that's. I'm quite pleased that we have shown the good side of our party. <laughs> Perhaps impressed him somewhat. I don't know. I will find out. Um, Leif had given him a nod, him a nod as Leif ran to join the join the fray, as well as Severin and a few others were joining, running to join in um, to try and finish off this lineup of of TCOS people. Notably, one one of the TCOS people uh, has made a break for it and is running away. I believe Grey and Tanya are in a hot pursuit. Perfect. Well done. Thank you, Pete. Uh, I'll run through in a second where, where all characters are, uh, just to refresh people's memories. Um, but well done, Pete. Thank you. Any any qualifying questions, any, any questions from the party that, that aren't clear from last time other than where you are, which I'll run through in a second. Can you run through the statuses of them as well? Yes, please? yes, we'll do. Yeah. Sure. Cool. So, yes, indeed, well described, Pete. There are a group of seven of these these people coming up through here, um, and uh, they they were ambushed. So, on the far sides of the trees, just lurking in the bushes, there you can see both Mithan and Nicholas. Uh, Mithan, you were using uh, your bow, and Nicholas, you cast a rather effective uh, spell, which was an interesting one um, in terms of basically one of these people seeing something that wasn't there. Also up in the tree line from the team is Tanya. She didn't actually start running. She was there. She was, I think she was about to, but she didn't. So she, she was there last time. Um, the prisoner uh, has, has made a bolt for it. His hands are still tied. 
uh, and he has he has run up to the tree line. And Nicholas, you've given quick nods. Um, Keros is here along with Victory the cat and uh, Neathanal, kind of lurking in the undergrowth growth here. Um, Bit further behind is uh, is Jada. Jada was keeping very low to the ground, like literally lying on the ground, um, to avoid detection and uh, imminent death. Um, breaking from the tree cover and rushing down to to these people uh, is firstly Severin here, uh, a little bit encumbered by his armor. Uh, then Etienne, also a bit a bit more slowed down by his quite heavy plate mail. Leif, who had given a grin to the to the prisoner or a wink to the prisoner here. Life, who's got himself here, and then Askel uh, here. What I might do is, whoops, sorry for Askel. What I might do is, I might just change the lighting a smidge. Go to gradients slightly better. We can see a little bit more of who's who's who. Um, in terms of the foes in front of you, uh, this chap here was the one, um, Nicholas. You'll you'll recall that you. Um, cast the spell on uh he has taken um uh a number of quite significant shots uh with a bow um he has also been uh slept as well so he is on the ground and he is he is snoozing he's unconscious this one uh here i'll just see if i can see if i can and i'll this so we can get up up front and personal there we go look at that uh so zooming in on the map um, this person here, a woman with uh, two daggers, so this was an archer at the back, this woman here with two daggers, um, she had also taken a couple of shots with a bow, um, seems to be bleeding, and she's also down and, and is asleep. Uh, this guy here, he's armed with two, two axes, um, he again had been shot. Uh, and Askel, you're right in front of him, and you can see he's bleeding quite heavily, and he's got a couple of arrows sticking out of him. Um, he's not looking great, uh, and you know he's he's definitely looking the worst for wear. But he has got two axes out, and he's got murder in his eyes, Askel. Um, but he is conscious. Further up the line, there is this person here, this archer here. Um, this archer is uh, uninjured, so didn't didn't take a hit. But is also happily on the ground thanks to Keros and is having a weak snooze. And then this person here who looks like that, another archer, uh, is also um, on the ground, uh, sleeping. So we'll look, 25. And is also uninjured. They haven't taken a shot, um, but courtesy of Keros, they are uninjured. Uh, as you described, Pete. Um, one of them, an archer, uh, was not shot, at, le at least initially, and has made a bolt for it. And you can see him here. He is running full tilt. He still has a bow and an arrow in his hand, and he is just belting it away. He is absolutely pegging it as fast as he possibly can. Um, in hot pursuit, uh, what is Gray? So Gray got a, a jump, literally, on on the pursuit by uh, being teleported. Uh, I, f I think that was by Leif, Pete, or was it Nicholas? I can't remember who. Um, but one of the characters teleported Grey, landed there, and Grey is, is now running uh, off after this guy. In terms of the, um, the distance between Grey and uh, the person he is pursuing, 
uh, there is a distance of 70 foot. Um, so he's got a head start. Uh, who knows if Grey will catch him or not. That is where we I plan to begin, but that my quick summary might have thrown up some questions. Any questions from anybody? Any qualifying questions? Anything to know before we start the game? Oh, Demos. Where's Demos? Where's Demos? I saw myself in the map. Yes. There. There, you're here. Yes. You, um, you had run down as well. Yeah. Can I ask? I know you don't keep mm. track of it, but I thought you might. Do you have Kira? How many, how many PowerPoints Kira has? Uh, yep. Um... I, I don't, uh, and I should have, sorry, I should have asked Alex today. Uh, 45 she, is in the tracking sheet. If it's oh, perfect. Lovely, there time. you go. Perfect, Pete. Amazing. Thank Thanks, guys. There is a, a thing for those that don't know role-playing very well, someone called a rules lawyer, and they're often, they, they can be viewed as a negative thing for a GM because they're the ones that pipe up and say, oh, actually. Um, Pete is our resident rules lawyer, and I... I regularly thank Pete uh, for his attention to detail and your ability to help out with the rules and such things, Pete. So I really appreciate it. And when I say rules, Laura, I mean it in the in the most positive way possible. I really appreciate your help. So thank you, Pete. Um, Pete doesn't sound like that. <laughs> any... uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, actually, actually, um, any any qualifying questions? Anything that's not clear? Anything else that people need to know? Go on once. Go on twice. Okay. Start the game. All right, and we are off racing. A very important initiative role. Let's see who comes up first. Jada, you are first to act. What do you do? Same foot. I put done. Uh, the ethanol. Oh, that's me. Uh, stun. <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, uh, yes, uh, stunt. Yes. I don't remember what she had out uh, in terms of weaponry. Uh, probably her... her. Her bow is out and knocked. Oh, my gosh. Well done. For the ethanol. Oh. Yeah, no, she doesn't. She oh, doesn't. Sorry, wrong character. Oh, she I, think, I think, I think more. I think she would have had. Her, she's in, still invisible, I believe. Short sword. Yes, because she went flying. Yes. So she would be. She would have her short sword out. Yes. Um. Oh, that spell failure didn't make her become visible, did it? Possibly it did. Uh, didn't say it did. I'm going to go with no. She, she would um with her short 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 sword out. She would walk forward. Um, start approaching the closest sleeping person. If, if, if she can. That's Tanya. Oh, that is Tanya, thank you. Yep. Picked up the wrong one. Ah, uh, she's here. Ah, uh, cool. So she can, uh, um, being stunned, she, actually she's stunned by parry. No, she's not. She's stunned. Uh, she can operate at 50%, so she can move forward a bit. Uh, we'll move her up to save her. Cool, thank you. Done. And oh, and if anyone comes within the bumping distance of her, she would let them know. You know, she's like, yeah, and all here sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. Done. Thank you. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, the one right in front of her uh, is, is definitely beginning to stir. Like he's kind of shaking his head. He hasn't opened his eyes yet in the afternoon, but he is definitely think he's going to be awake very soon. Uh, next up, Keros. Um. Gosh, I'm not sure. Not okay. the fact, and of course that you can't see the Neathanals there, so uh, straight through Neathanals. <laughs> you do exactly what you want to do. You do what you think Keros would do. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> no influence from the GM. I shouldn't have said that. Um, does, does anyone have any any thoughts? Any thoughts would be appreciated. Peter, looking at you. Oh, yeah, I, I think that I'd... Um... Actually, if, if I can change Nathan's action, she would have actually think about it. She would have said to Kiros, I'm going to go and guard that prisoner, if that's possible, before she left. But Kiros knew that Nathan was there. They were hiding together. Um, but I think that Kiros wouldn't use her PowerPoints to kill someone if she could go and knife them. <laughs> um, but I do think that Kiros would be a bit more... I think that Kiros would hang back and uh, cover people if needed. So my guess would be... Uh, Opportunity Ice Bolt on the Axe guy, who's the only active sort of person within her view if she could move to make an attack on him if needed. She can see there's other people approaching him to take down the Axe guy. Yeah, that would be my that would be my guess. It sounds great. I'll do what Pete says. <laughs> Please. Okay, so, Thanks, Pete. so she's here so, doing what? Um, so saying put I guess um maybe perception. And then, like, a small perception. Yep. And then, um, preparing to cast if she needs to. So, a, a like, a glance perception is a 10% action. That's a, a perception of 20. And preparing a spell is a 90% action. You can do both those in a row. Cool. Okay, so I'll just do it. And give me your off perception, please. Um, do, do, do. All right, yep. 82. Two. Yeah. Cool. And uh, her perception. Her perception is. Uh, plus 48. Um. doesn't gain uh, she, she's kind of glancing around she she is also aware that this one he, whoops this, this person here is is stirring at least but other, okay. than, other than that no more all right thank you next up is Askel all right uh Askel of course is hooting at that through the axes he is going to do a tumbling attack okay cool I, right. have, I don't think I've done one of these. You're going to have to tell me how it works. Right, uh, I'll read this out to you. It's uh, agility slash strength. It's a manoeuvre. Yep. Uh, it's a bonus for attacking an opponent from a tumble manoeuvre with a weapon. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, the skill bonus of the tumbling attack is the percentage of the weapon's offensive bonus that may be used during the attack. E.g., you have a weapon OB of 75 and a tumbling attack skill bonus of 80. You perform a tumbling attack and your weapon OB would be 80% of 75 or 60. Um, if the tumbling attack is successful, the opponent is caught flat-footed and must make an orientation roll in order to function normally. Target is stunned for one round. GM determines the difficulty of the orientation. Cool. Okay, great. So, excellent. So the advantage um, that you can gain over this person is basically they're stunned if they don't make an orientation roll. Yep. Cool, lovely. So, so my tumbling attack is plus 45, so that would be 45%. Sure. Based on that. Yeah, um, but we've got to roll to see whether it's successful or not, correct? Yes. Oh, so difficulty for that. Uh, look, it's, it's open It's open ground. Um, you've had plenty of time to prepare. You've had plenty of time to kind of check out the terrain. It's clear. It's pretty open. Uh, I am going to say... Uh, I'm going to say certainly not a hard manoeuvre. Medium on this turn. I'm going to say it's a light manoeuvre. You're wrong. If, if there were kind of trees and rocks around, I would make it harder. But it's open. So, yep, give me a give me a light manoeuvre, please. So this is all or nothing success, I'm assuming. Plus your bonus. Come on. Don't fail me tonight. 93. Love that. that. Love that. Plus 40, what was it? Uh, plus, it's uh, 40, 45% of my... Uh, but you've got to make the manoeuvre first to see if you succeed or fail the tumbling manoeuvre. Correct? Or does it... Maybe it doesn't say... No, it doesn't say that. It's just it's a bone for attacking the opponent. Uh, you hear, either you have a weapon of bone for 25 and tumbling at skill of 80. For a tumbling attack, and your weapon effectively would be... 8% of the... the 75. Okay. So there's no... Uh... It says it's a manoeuvre. Yeah, so... yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that's what I'm just checking. The skill provides a bonus for... No, tumbling... Tumbling evasion. So Eskil has plus 45 for the... Sure. It, um, yeah. Just put it on the second. That's it. Here. Oh. From a tumbling unit, weapon skill bonus, that's all the percentage of the weapons are attack. Right, so the weapon is 70 and the tumbling attack is skill of 80. On the tumbling attack, your weapon OB would be 80%. If the tumbling attack is successful, the opponent is called flat -footed. Yeah, weird. So, it... Okay, so... <laughs> it does say tumbling manoeuvre. Yeah, that's... That's what I thought. Tumbling maneuver with a weapon. So again, Rollmaster is not clear. 
Um, one way of reading that is you don't need need to make a, a, a maneuver. All that happens is you get a percentage of your offensive bonus based on your skill. But it does go on to say if the tumbling attack is successful, the opponent is caught flat-footed and must make an orientation roll in order to function normally. You could read that in one of two ways. You either just simply roll an attack roll at a, at a lesser percentage of your tumbling ability, but I, I think because it says if the tumbling attack is successful, hmm. well, my sense is you would roll a maneuver beforehand, but I'd be, but convince yeah. me, but convince me otherwise, guys. Yeah, I would have thought you're you're doing the tumbling bit. Was combined with the attack. It could be. That's what I'm saying. You can kind of read it. Yeah. It is in terms of the result, but in terms of how to resolve the skill, it's either not clear in the description whether you roll a maneuver, and if that is that maneuver is successful, then you roll for attack. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you just roll for attack, and if that attack is successful then the person's called flat-footed. I, I think you could read it either either one of two ways. My, my, my sense is that you should roll a manoeuvre first, but I'm happy to be convinced one way or the other guys. What, 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 what do you think? What's your read of it? It's not clear, in other words. No. Pete? Anybody? Um, oh, for me it's... Bonus for attacking an opponent from a tumble maneuver. So the skill bonus of the tumble of the attack is is the percentage bit. Yes, that's, so that's right. When you add your that's ID. right. That's right. But I think that you've got to do a maneuver. To me, it reads like you've got to do a maneuver first. I, I think so. And if that's successful, but, then you get the bonus. Then you get the, the benefit. But um, but but to to me, it seems. No. Doing a maneuver first is a bit of a disadvantage. Having to roll a maneuver and then roll an attack is a bit of a disadvantage. And it seems to me that the disadvantage is already implicit in the attack, though, that you're losing part of your OB. So yeah. perhaps yeah. it would be nicer to only do one roll. Because <laughs> you're already yeah. disadvantaged. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Cool. I'll tell you what, in the interest of time and keeping keeping it moving, let's, let's say... Um, no maneuver roll, so whatever you just rolled is going to be just now is going to be the attack roll. Can um, Anthony? Can I ask? Can I ask you to do a bit of digging on this? Go onto the forums and poke around and see if there's a, a general consensus of how to how to resolve this. Is that all right? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to answer tonight, though, do you? Not on tonight. No, no, no. God, no, 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 no. no just, just... I'll be back in three days. No, 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 no. Just before we we play. This. So. Let's take that as an attack roll. That's a percentage of uh, your attack. So uh, make an attack with your cutlass and uh, give me a roll. And then if you can report back next session what the what the general mood is. Um, so the 93 I rolled? Yes, that's what right. Is that? What is that for? That's the attack. That is the attack. Okay. So a very good roll. Yeah. Now, is this where it would be the percentage of my correct bonus, correct. which is 
plus 92. Uh, you have to figure out the percentage, whatever the percentage is. Yeah, so about, uh, well, I mean, 50% is 46, so about 43. Say plus, plus, say plus 42. Plus 42, done. Cool. So, uh, result of a 93, done. Uh, with a bonus of cutlass, with a bonus of 42. Cool. He's got plus 10 on that cutlass because it was high steel. Yep. Uh, cool. So that is a pretty impressive... Uh, uh, is it flank? Yeah, you do get flank on him. Uh, you do get flank. And plus 10 for the cutlass. That's a pretty good result. That's, uh, I'm going to say 12 in an E slash. Nice going, Askel. Nice. Roll with the E. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. That's going to smart. Oh, do we have some sound effects? That's what you do in Askel. Um, 75. You slash him in his lower leg. Uh, he screams in pain. Um, he is. Uh, he bleeds for another eight hits. And um, yeah, like he was definitely looking pretty wobbly before. He's looking really, really wobbly now. And he's bleeding a lot. Yeah, that hurt him. That hurt him a lot. You don't think he's going to be attacking anybody anytime soon. Crunch. Nice rolling. Oh, does, um... oh, and and the and the and the effect. Um, Tumbling attack is successful, so the attack was successful. The opponent is caught flat-footed and must make an orientation roll to function normally. The foe is stunned for one round. Determine the targets. Uh, so I'm definitely going to say he was stunned for a, a, another round. Yeah. Nice. Done. Next up is Etim. Etim, you're So Etim, and, and who's the closest bad guy? Uh, the closest bad guy is this person here, uh, snoring on the ground. This one right here. Okay, but Demos is close to him. The bad guy to the is it bad guy to the left? Bad guy. No, no, other left. Other left. It's this guy, bad guy. That guy there. No, no, forward two. No. So green is you guys. Oh, no, leap. I don't, don't want to hit him. Okay. So what, what Etienne's going to do, mm. how far is Etienne from the, the closest bad guy who's still asleep, but stirring? Etienne doesn't necessarily know he's stirring, uh, but he is, call him 25 foot away. Okay, so... In one turn, can Etienne reach him and have a have a punt at him with his broadsword? Yeah. Oh, so no, that's what he's gonna. So the one that's closest to him is twenty-five. The one that's not that Etienne knows he's stirring, but is over here is a bit further away. He can right, I think Etienne would go for the closest one and take a punt at him. Cool. But he he'd want to slash him as hard as he can with his broadsword. Cool. So uh, moving, you can 
quite easily move um, that amount. Oh, minus the uh, um, the movement. He's moving and attacking, but he can definitely do it. Give me a roll, please. This person's on the ground. So, I can't roll on this. I could roll on my computer, which you can't see, or you can get Pete or someone to roll for me. I don't mind which. Uh, I'm very happy. Pete, are you happy to roll? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Cheers. The other thing, can I just check so I understand the game, Chris? This guy is asleep on the ground. Yes. I struggle to see how Etienne can't deal him a fatal blow. Sure. So, uh, so correct. In this game, um, the, there is just a simple rule, which is coup de gras, which is um, basically so long as you don't roll a fumble, uh, he's dead. Okay. So we rolled a 28, I see. 28? Etienne, what are you doing? You don't get any experience for it, because he's uh, helpless at the moment. But he is dead. What happens, Etienne? So has he got any more of his turn left? No, that's it. Okay, so I guess that's his, that's his turn. But does he, uh, any particular way he dispatches oh. this guy? Ah, so he could take his broadsword and, and drive it through his chest. It's, um, praying to, the, praying to the goddess for the life he's giving to her. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, that guy is now, uh, very, very dead. Nice one! Uh, next up, Tanya. You're up here. Alright, um, what did she do last round? Did she shoot? I assume she's one of the arrow did. She tried with her longbow to snipe this chappy here. Wow, it's a long distance. Um, is, uh, do you want to know the distance? Yeah. It is uh, 236 foot. Uh, penalty on that, if you, if you want to know. Um, and she shot twice uh, with a longbow. I think she has reloaded both times. Uh, just this is a loaded, so let me just check. Longbow, she can. I'm really sorry. She's shot twice. She needs to load this round. Okay, she'll do. She'll be doing that. Yep. Because um, she would have reloaded last time. I'm sorry. So she gets That's two right. shots, and then and then basically the, the time it takes needs to reload. And let, uh, yeah. so so if she does want she, uh, the, her other option, however, however, if she did want to shoot this round, she could rapid load and fire at a negative twenty-five. So she could do a snapshot this round at negative twenty-five, and then the range on top of that would be uh, what do I say two hundred and thirty-six. Value combo. Uh, it would be negative 40, so all told she would have a negative 65 to the shot. Um, uh, I think she would be better off doing a snapshot at one of the more closer characters. Perhaps Mr. just been hit by a tumbling attack and is stunned. 
I'm gonna say that with Askel in the way, um, she would have she would have a negative fifty uh, percent at, at Askel. So Askel is in the way. It's not directly on the screen, but you know there's a fight going on, so it's a it's a mobile situation. So therefore, this guy would have soft cover of negative fifty, and if she miffed, missed by fifty, should shoot Askel. Yeah, that would ruin his day. She, um, might, she might not shoot Askel, of course. <laughs> uh, I think she will just reload. Cool. Yep. Oh. Uh, Tarquin. So Tarquin, you've come belting up this hill. Your hands are tired. You're sweaty. There's been bloodshed and mayhem going all around you. What do you do? Am I within uh, speaking distance of Carrius? Yeah, easy. You're with you're like 12 foot away. I'm going to introduce myself to her okay. um, using all my, all my charm. Okay. Thank you, thank you kindly for taking out four of the six of my enemies mm -hmm. and let her know I'm in her debt. Excellent. Did you want to try a charm roll? Uh, yeah, go on. There you go. Oh, Pete, you'll have to do that for me, mate. You better charm her. <laughs> we'll see. First impressions and all that. Oh, sorry, has a 19. 19's not bad, but not great. <laughs> well, I, I have plus 85 charm. That's very high. Um, 104 is the result. Uh, so, that there is... Uh, so, technically, this is the description. Um, Mason, Keros? Under influence and interaction, on the result of 104, near success. Um, Tarquin, keep talking. Your audience is becoming more friendly. Modify your next roll by plus 20. So uh, next next turn, uh, Tarquin, you can say some more to, to this little girl. Um, could, could I just ask, uh, perhaps for everybody's benefit, could, could you describe in reasonable detail well, maybe we do it after the fight. Up to you. But a bit more what Tarquin looks like. Uh, maybe not now. Maybe do it after the fight. You're cool. I'm, I'm happy either way. I, I, probably after the fight, the group would make more sense. People are all yeah, over the Done, done, done. Cool. Cool. So she's still listening. Uh, giving plus 20 for the next roll. Let's see how you go. Um, well, I can keep charming her. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, she's asleep, does she? Wait. No. Uh, Demos. You've just seen Etienne come over and uh, put his broadsword through the sleeping guy's chest. Uh, you, you haven't seen um, Neathanol creeping up on this unconscious person. Uh, you're probably unaware of um, Askel committing murder with his cutlass over here. Uh, what do you do? Um, I think he'd take... Oh. No, yeah, I think he'd take a, he'd take a look around to see what he can see okay. <laughs> and so, then um i mean okay. hang on i feel like he'd be he'd, his intention would be to to probably go and stab the dude that's like directly in front of him but he'd want to take a look around first to make sure that there's nothing else super serious going on sure thing so in terms of actions remember um Quick look is a 10% action at negative 20 to perception. Full yep. look is 30% action. Uh, 
Um, I think I do a quick look. Oh, give me one. Oops, not 200. Uh, 79. Oh. And his position is plus... plus 50? Plus, yeah, plus 50. Uh, you know, he has a quick like, glance around, you know, scans his shoulder, yet he's aware um, that uh, Askel is doing something pretty horrendous with his sword in the sky. Um, he's seeing his, you know, in a blur, he's seeing Etienne kind of, uh, sorry, Severin kind of rumble down the hill. Life's on the way as well, uh, but really hasn't picked up more, much more information than that. Okay, um, he'd go over and stab, stab the unconscious dude. Sure. So it's a it's a very short distance. Uh, Demos, you walk over. Um, give me a roll, anything, a non-fumble, and this guy's got a spear through his head. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Dead, 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 dead. Uh, no experience, unfortunately, but this guy is also very dead. Is there still XP for killing him or no? No, not okay. not for so the the way that experience points work in the game is there's got to be kind of a risk associated with it. Yeah, no, killing, that makes sense. Killing yep. a killing a unconscious boy. killing an unconscious person. So, but, he was but shit. He was waking up, but you know he ain't waking up anymore. Uh, what <laughs> what happens to him? What, what do you do? Um. He sticks it straight through, straight through his eyeball. That it just blood starts spurting out. Does a little cough and dies. <laughs> Lovely. Yep. That you is. Tell him his juice today at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, take that commute home on the buses. <laughs> um, yep, that'll clear your sinuses. Okay. Done. Are there little white shoes? Are there little white shoes? Are there little white shoes? I don't know or... if Mason got that reference, but uh, maybe. I did. Is. I managed. I caught the last bit. Maybe there were. Today. Yeah, yes, he is wearing little white shoes. He's wearing little white shoes. Damn it. What an asshole. Totally. <laughs> totally. Lovely. Uh, grey. Grey rough winds. What are you doing? Please? He's running. He is running. Okay. Running, so, running. So, um... So the way... Uh, a, a chase, a chase works. Is um, if uh, chase rules and movement rules sometimes aren't always the best. Um, so I've come up with the following: rather than do this run for like forever, uh, we'll say three rounds. And if Gray doesn't catch him or something happened within three rounds, then. Um, this person's managed to scramble into some trees or some rocks or basically evade Grey and, and escape. Um, if you catch catch up to him and you still have uh, so the minimum attack you can do in, in the round is is 50%. So the minimum you can do it takes to swing a sword or throw a punch or whatever is is 50%. So, depending on your activity, if you still have, if you get up to the foe and you still have less than fifty percent, we can certainly use that fifty percent to do something. What I'm, a, a rule that I've basically thinking about how tonight might pan out. The rule that I've come up with, which I think will work for tonight, is 
If you catch up with them in the same round, but you have less than 50%, you can attempt to basically shove or push him, because we're constrained by, you know, actions around someone goes first and someone goes, you know, it's, a, it's an artificial way of describing a, a very, very um, dynamic scene. Um, you can, I'll say that you can have an attempt at an all or nothing medium attempt, your agility versus his agility to push or shove him in your round. So if you came up to him and you don't have enough um, activity, so if you don't have 50% or, or more, you could at least try to shove him, throw him off balance. Now, you throw him off balance will depend on his agility versus your agility. If you manage to succeed, he needs to keep his feet, because you might shove him, but he still might manage to keep running. Um, and that'll depend on, on how well you shove him, basically. Um, if, however, you, for example, you got up to him, so say you got up to here, and you didn't, weren't able to knock him over, but next round, you beat him in initiative, so you won, as you have this round, so he hasn't run yet, but you have, you're about to run, uh, you, your choice of what you want to do in that time. You could either attack with some of it, you could keep running, whatever. Your call. Does that okay. does that kind of make sense? I think so. Yes. Okay. Once, once yes. you get to move, though. Sorry? Once the foe get to move. Once he get to move. So, Greyback is up to him now, doesn't knock him over. Yes. But then that, that guy will have a turn and he will move off. So Absolutely. Grey and him won't be there together. Correct. So it's up to Grey what he wants to do. Right. So absolutely, he is, he is running and he is running really, really fast. Uh, Grey, um, you were running last round, Pete. Is that right? I know you teleported and then and then ran. Correct. Grey okay. has had a held action. Yep. And so Nicholas off to teleport, then teleported him, and Grey began ra running in that same round. Right. So, so fair to say, you, so in this game, you can increase, you can run up to a maximum speed of times five. So sprinting is absolute. You obviously can't sprint for long, but you can arrive, sprint five times your base movement rate um, for a short period. Um, each each round, it takes a bit of time for you to build up that speed. You can increase two two um movement steps so going from times one and a half to two and then so on so gray's currently running at times two his speed he could run up to times four his speed this round yep if he wants to he, he can run less if he would um yeah he'd probably go up to times three is speed rather than times four it might just try and save that okay. little burst of energy burst of energy all right so um i'm gonna say it's, it's over reasonably open grounds as you can see there i'm gonna say this is a uh yeah i'm gonna say it's an easy easy maneuver you're all please Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Sure. What is agility? His agility is ninety, so plus twenty. Cool. Eighty-five total, hundred percent. So he wants to run times three of his base movement rate. What's his base movement rate, please? 
tell me what it is what times three is. Move space, is plus sixteen. So times three. No 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 base move oh. rate will be something like sixty or fifty five or oh, 55. 55. 55. Thank you. Fifty five times three is sixty-five. Cool. Yeah. So this guy is so grey in this round can run uh, a maximum of 165. Uh, <laughs> anybody fast at maths? What's um, it's 42 percent. 70, 70 foot is yep. 42 percent of 165. Oh. So we've got we've got 48. We've got 58 percent left. So you have 58. So you're yep. up, up to him, Grey. You can try to shove him, knock him, push him, hit him with your axe, do something. Um, yep. What, what do you What do you plan to do? Um, yeah, he'd probably he'd try and shove him in a way that he'd maybe like knocks his leg, like ankle tap him, I guess, and to try and get him to fall down. Okay. Done. Um, well, that's a good maybe he tackles him. I reckon he tackles him. Because he's got a, quite a big body, so he'd want to kind of just like slam into him and try and knock him down. Tackling is a skill, by the way, so this would come uh, out your, your brawling skill. Uh, sorry, Giles, question. Hello? Was there a question? I was just going to ask for, as a point of learning for me, so if he's yep. above 50%, yes. I mean, if the notion is to incapacitate this person so he doesn't go anywhere, yep. is there an advantage to doing something like tackling him as opposed to, say, trying to cut his leg, which would be an attack? Sure. Just from a technical perspective. Yeah, 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 sure. So, in the in the game, um, there uh, it's a skill-based game. So, you're best to look at the, the character's best skill and use that best skill. So, brawling is basically any kind of unarmed combat. You could use it for pushing, shoving, punching, kicking, biting, hitting someone with a stool, whatever. Um, but brawling is a skill that you could kind of apply for this for an attacking situation without a weapon. Um, tackling is actually a skill that you can train and, and if you don't have that skill in the same way you train in, in a rugby game, um, yeah. uh, you, you could um, you put your attack to roll on a skill and if you don't have it you have negative 25 for the skill. Um, the advantage, so your best tactic, and, and, and for you learning the game, your best tactic, my advice, is even though probably in our own heads, um, you know, tapping, pushing, whatever, would be the best way to go because, whoops, because this is a skill-based game, my encouragement would be to use your highest skill and try to take the person out with your highest skill. Very helpful. Thanks, Chris. Um, there is one caveat on that, is... Um, uh, Sometimes in this game, you might want to uh, incapacitate somebody, not not kill them. Um, you have the option of attacking to subdue. What that means is you take a more cautious um, approach at your your attack. Um, you minus negative twenty from your attack. That means that when you roll any criticals that follow, uh, a killing result could be downgraded to an unconscious result so um yeah, but but if you roll a natural 100 that's an accident 
So there is a way of basically cautiously using the end of a spear and whacking someone in the head or walloping someone with the, the side of a sword to injure them but not, not to kill them. Uh, just, so just as a quick uh, uh, What does he do? Well, he doesn't have a tackling uh, skill. Um, I don't think he had his axe in his hands because he had his bow. Yep. So I wouldn't say he'd have his axe handy. But I guess potentially would you say that he would maybe be able to get one of like get his dagger, which I imagine would just be like on his belt or something. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, yes, he could. Uh, yeah. Would that probably eat up too much of his time? Well. Uh, Drawing a weapon is a 20% activity, so you wouldn't be able to yeah. draw an attack. Nah, I think he'd probably just try and push him. I think he's just going to try and knock him down. Okay, so two uh, two mechanisms on that. You could either try to um, basically make a, a, an attack on him, so he, he, Grey will have a brawling skill. It's kicking, punching, whatever. Or kind of almost like an agility check that I mentioned before, where basically you're just trying to off-balance him. Not necessarily do yeah. a lot of damage, but just throw them, throw them off balance. Um, what's, what's your preference? Uh, well, okay. his brawling skill doesn't have any pluses, uh, so <laughs> I think it's like it's yeah. He it's the total is nothing. There's no total for it. Oh really? Um, oh, he's just yeah. brawling. I'm sure he's got brawling. He's got brawling, and he's got one box checked. And then it says in the rank plus five, and then prof is plus seven, but there's nothing under total for it. Just, just, um, just one second, a very important thing has happened, my lovely wife. Hello, lo hello, oh. lovely wife. And she brews curry and takeout. Yep. We're in the middle of the fight, sweetheart. Oh, do you want to say? Do you want to say hi? Now, hello. Where's, where's, where's the screen? Uh, is the screen? Can you see? Can you see my lovely wife? There she is. She yep. Is. Yep. Hi, lovely wife. Here we go. Hi, Alex. Do you want to speak to them? Hi. Do you want to speak to them? No, no, it's all good. I don't want to interrupt. Curries. I like curry. Thanks, sweetie. Are you going to join? Tough day. Probably won't be joining. I just want to check that because I was sure that Grey had a. I was sure he had a problem. Yeah. Can I check that? Isn't isn't that one that also fills on the character sheet? And yeah, isn't that one that we got the negative for? That's it's right. It is. Agility. It is strength and agility. Correct. Hold on, Pete. Oh wait, I think it actually might just be my PDF is like really slow, and it's only just finished loading, and it says plus thirty. Sorry. Plus thirty. Yep. It there you go. Literally just had nothing in the box, and now it's saying plus thirty. Plus thirty. So so you yeah, can either. Sorry about that. That's all right. So you can either you can either attack to kind of hit him, punch him, kick him, put, put kind of push him down with the intention he's gonna. I, mean, I know it's, we're kind of splitting hairs here, or kind of just shove him and kind of unbalance him. I so, think yeah, he'll use his um, his brawling. Okay. Yeah, done. Try and knock him, knock him down. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's got a bit of rage to take out because he, he saw that new captive and he's a bit handsome and he's, he's a bit of a <laughs> he's, he's not at all happy about this. All right. No. Gray on the guy that's running. Uh, you will get a back attack on him. Uh, mm -hmm. 
surprise. He's uh, been shot a few times, right? He has. He's not in the best of states. Um, mm. Rolling 30. Uh, he, he does have quite... Now, what has happened is you have run, call it 50%, 48%, mm -hmm. so you will have a minus on this because you have already acted. Um, yep. So... Penalty 50. Um, and he is also running at full tilt, as are you, so it's a pretty hard thing to do, so I'm going to give us a, a minus there for that. Um, give me a roll, hope for a good one. Ooh. 29. 29, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, unfortunately, Grey, you, you swing. Your, your hand swing and and you miss, um, which is kind. Of, I, I know that's I know it's disappointing, but it's kind of realistic. You've got two people chasing each other. You can kind of imagine one catches up and kind of flails at the one behind and doesn't quite catch them. Um, yep. You can kind of see it in your head, maybe. At least I do. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, Gray. No joy. Um, Thanks. Next up is late. Um, life would err. Life would go and stand over the sword lady who's asleep. Um, sword. Oh, actually, he'd stand between the two asleep people. Actually, he's wanting to check between both of them for signs of stirring, but with his long sword out, and he is planning on threatening. Uh, what? Them. Okay. Basically. Um, when, so if they wake, he's right there saying, don't move. Alright. Um, the chap that you've just clobbered, Askel, uh, kind of staggers a little bit this way. Um, doesn't make it very far. Uh, he's, I mean, he's still looking like he's got murder in his eyes, but he is he's bleeding heavily, Askel. He's not looking at the um, but he does move a, li a little bit away. Um, next, Nicholas. Um, full perception for Nicholas, please. Now I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yep. Plus yep. 39. Um, okay. Uh, no. He, uh, you know, he's got a vague sense. Where is he? He's up here? Yeah. Up there? Um, yep. No, he doesn't really pick up a lot more information. Uh, he's seen uh, this guy Leif move down here. He's seen... Ray and this chap quite some distance off, some 200 foot off. Uh, yeah, hard, hard to, hard to know what's going on. He can't. Cool. Uh, he's still got 70% at. Uh, is he aware he hasn't seen much? Because he, he just like to spend the rest of his turn perceiving, or is that just not a thing he can do? Uh, yeah, I mean, he can keep looking around. Um, yeah. Yep. Good look around, but he hasn't seen anything. Okay, good, gotcha. 
Yep, he's because he's not wanting to go out into the ocean. He's just yeah, watching as, as he does, just watching. Yep. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, opportunity spellcast if he if he if there's anything needed. Yep, cool. Uh, fun. Um, she shot last time. Can she? Uh, she would like to walk forward with her. What's the idea behind um, menacing someone with a bow? Like, she, could she do a like in all practical terms? If someone was, if she was to move up to those sleeping people and put her, if she was to put her bow in their face, basically, and they were to wake up and try to act, she'd have a pretty huge advantage to kill them. Like, they'd feel threatened, right? If you woke up and you saw Mithan's grumpy, ugly face with a bow pointing, I wouldn't be having a great day. Cool. Yep. She would like to go and do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what speed is she down there? She would, uh, well, she would, is it possible to reload, to do a simultaneous action and reload as she's getting down there? Uh, yeah. Where's she getting down there? Yep. Yep. What speed should she, does she have to go to to be able to load and move? She's got a... Uh, she won't get, I mean, if she, um, if she ran, yeah. she could get kind of to about here with a, with a loaded load, but she wouldn't be all the yep. way there. Uh, perfect. She'd, she'd like to do that, please. She'll be she'll be within the area, and she'll be able to be menacey from there-ish. Yep. Perfect. Thank you. Down there, and probably a little bit back because yeah, she's loading as well. So about about there. Okay. Awesome. Uh, uh, okay. And. Right, um, your chap uh, here, Bray, decides uh, that he really doesn't want to hang around. Or, yep, uh, no, he's, he's, he's not feeling particularly fun. Um, and he's running times five. Uh, he manages to make uh, 350, so he's running at time 5, because he'd been running a couple of rounds previously, so he had time to kind of build up his speed. He can run a total of, wow, a whopping 313. So from there to... Be off the map, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, to... oh no. Urgh. There's a hundred. Let's let's go there. It's a hundred to there. That's a hundred. That's a hundred to call it there. Hey. It's here. 
Who's still alive? <laughs> uh, he's he's seen realistically. He's probably seen Etienne come down and, and skewer this person. Uh, he's seen Askel wallop this guy, and he's seen Leif move here and Mithun here. That's what he would have taken in. Um. Okay, so there's no one that no one really that's such a threat there. I probably he'd probably go towards Lath. He'd be quite interested in keeping one of those two people that are sleeping alive, mm-hmm. so that they can question them. So he'd probably want to go over there and kind of make sure that that is something that would happen. He'd yeah he'd get his sword out as well, um, and just kind of yeah. Right next to Leif. Right next to Leif, cool. Yeah. And just kind of be ready with his with his Done. with his sword drawn and his shield up, ready to attack Done. these two. Done. That is the end of the round. Uh next round, initiative, roll initiative. Uh boom. Neathron. First to act. Uh you are still stunned, Neathron. Um Um, she will, uh, make her way around, taking a wide berth around, Demos doesn't want to get in his way, but she'll go back to where, she'll go around to where the action is with the, the axe guy. A little bit, she's pretty groggy of still, still kind of shaking her head, yeah. seeing stars yeah. so she doesn't make any Yep, sounds good, yep. Uh, Etienne, you've just come up and kebabbed, kebabbed this guy with your, sh- with your sword, it's gone straight through his chest. Um, there was quite a satisfying amount of blood out of his nostrils and out of his, out of his mouth. He is very dead. What do you do? Um, so beyond feeling pretty good, um, <laughs> I'm going to look around and also head towards the action. Okay. So I guess regroup with everyone. With his broad sword still out, yes. Anything else I should be aware of? I, I think if he's able to, he'd probably ask his fellows who are um, who are close to him. You know, what something like, "What should we do now? Shall we keep one of these two alive?" Something along those lines. So, just as a general um, learning game in jails, this is jails. This is fourth or fifth session for you um you get three three words free in a round uh if you want to spend more time communicating you need to use a certain percentage of your, your time to allot it to... okay in, in which case there's the person who's close to etn on the right yep demos uh, uh no not demos the one who's very, very close to where did etn go that's Askel. yep Askel. So I think what he'd say to Askel, but he'd point with his broadsword to the baddie close to us and say, kill this one, is a question. There we go. Uh, Askel, I'll give you a, give you a response. Um, I, I, yeah. No, I, I think Askel would... The other one, just say the other ones. 
uh, that that exchange took a second or two. You've you've still got a little bit more action um, at Etienne. You only moved you only moved twelve or so foot. So uh, yeah, you've still got a bit more action to do if you want to do something else. I, I think he'd say that we'll be prepared. So if this chap does something, he's able to either defend or attack himself. Uh, okay, I don't cool. think he'd want to do anything else. Uh, Jada. Um, I think I'll prepare just in case. Sure. That's all. Eskel. Um, Eskel will move in for the killing blow. Okay. Uh, of, ah, uh, 10 foot. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, As he equally wins. Yeah, the other ones. <laughs> yeah. 76. Oh. Um, um, 76. And he. Sorry. And he, he went in. In full. Like, he, went, he went in full? Cool. Yeah, no, so plus 92. Yep. 76 plus 92 plus 10 sword. Uh, does get a flank now. Um, now this guy definitely was looking before, like he was not at all interested, incapable of parrying your shot. Oh my god, he parries this time. He parries for all. Uh, even parrying, like sticking his axe up to defend um, fury of uh, Asper's cutlass. Even, even parrying for everything he's worth, he's still doing nine on a D slash. Fifty-one. Boom. Boom. Uh, you hit him across the chest. Another five hits. He's bleeding even more. Um. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's really not looking like if he was looking bad before, he's looking appalling now. He's got arrows sticking out of him. You've cut him a couple of times now. Um, he's bleeding heavily, very, very heavily. Um, it's kind of gurgling at you, but still looking absolutely insane and like he wants to murder you, but he's, he's kind of really on his feet. Yeah. Quick rewind, he was actually stunned this round, so he probably couldn't have parried. Stunned, no, 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 no. Um, was he? no. So he previously was stunned, no parry. This round, he was stunned. He can still parry. Was he? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Who? The baddie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, was, he was definitely, this round, stunned, just stunned. Stunned, okay. no parry, has gone. Oh, okay. But had, had gone. He must parry this round. Uh, yeah. Um, glancing down, Nicholas, this woman here is uh, sleep. Whoops. The woman here is sleeping very soundly. She is not waking at all. Um, Nicholas. Uh, I've forgotten. Nicholas is actually still. Nicholas is actually still invisible. So he's happy to. Uh, he'd like another perception roll, actually. Uh, 79. 
39. I mean, he's he's scanning, he's looking around. Um, he can't, you know, he, he gets a sense of what's going on. Um, he's seen that that the person that Gray is chasing has definitely damaged Gray considerably. Um, but that's probably about the only information he's got. I mean, he's really, he's really just wanting to make sure there's no one else approaching. That's surely, yes. yes. Uh, and then, cool. And then he'll take a, he'll follow in Mathan's tracks, pretty much, um, trying to be aware that he's not going to be in anyone's line of fire, and wants to just, uh, yeah, approach the group where the action is. Cool. Thank you. Uh... Okay. Um. This chap here uh, groans and um, kind of shakes his head, opens his eyes. He's still on the ground. Uh, Severin, you certainly see that. Um, and Leif, you see it as well. Um, he's, he's basically just opened his eyes. He doesn't particularly do anything this round, but he is now awake. Uh, he is a bowman, as you can see. He's dropped his bow and arrow. Uh, Decent size, the long knife or dagger or, or short sword on his belt. Um, yes, but he's, he has definitely woken up this run. Keros. Keros, you've just seen this, um, like, just insanely good looking man come up and, and introduce himself to you. Um, I mean, she'd probably start blushing a little bit. But she'd she'd want to. I think she'd she'd keep her. She wouldn't want him to like close the gap, so she'd just kind of if he starts moving closer, she'd probably just very cautiously step back okay. and make sure Victory's close enough. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, we'll we'll respond to him if he says anything more. Okay. Uh, actually, that's a really good question. Um, Tarquin, what languages did you start in? What language did you start in? a lot of languages. Oh, yeah. So I, I meant to ask Chris, but presumably Tarquin would have heard this group speak and would be aware that this group is speaking Westeron, that's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so they, they were communicating with each other during the attack last, last game. They were so they, presumably they use a language, whatever language it is. Sure, not a lot of words were spoken, but for simplicity's sake, sure, let's say Westeron. I mean, that didn't say much. In which case, I'd, I'd be conversing in Westeron. Oh, okay. Cool. Alright, uh, nothing else for Keros I should be aware of. No. Okay. Uh, Tanya, right here. We're reloading last time. I think... I think Tanya would come out of cover. Um, uh, still bow, uh, arrow notched, mm -hmm. um, and and probably just just walking out. I think basically just and surveying and around and behind and obviously looking at this new person that has appeared. Mm. Hands about. And, um. Well, yeah, I think it's probably time. Probably move forward a little bit. Arrow notched. Um, and it would probably be the question of who are you? Okay. 
get on turn. Well, you don't move. Cool. So we can play out that and see if we want to get on to tuck this turn. But yep, excellent. And that'll be tenure. Thank you. Uh, later. You've just seen um, th this guy yesterday. Uh, cool. Uh, sword to his throat. Okay. And, uh, and. Hmm. I think that's, that's sufficient sufficient language. Um, <laughs> let <me> just check. <laughs> oh, he speaks. South tongue. He, he, he'll, he'll, he'll be doing don't move, stay quiet. Um, in South tongue, thrombonic. Uh, and we strong. Okay. Um, so the person concerns, you know, he's kind of shaking his head. He's just in the process of waking up. Um, but you know, realizes the situation. It's pretty foggy, but yeah, there's a piece of razor sharp metal very close to his neck, and he's got the message. He he is just shooting daggers with you in his eyes. Uh, like hate, just radiating. Uh, chap with the axes um, staggers a little bit this way, really not much, uh, and bleeds quite a lot more. Um, next up, Uh, Severin, this time. Severin, you've seen this guy move. Oops. You've seen him on his feet. You've seen Leif move closer to him and put the, uh, put his long, put Leif's long sword to his knee. You do so. Sorry, forgot that was me. <laughs> Easy um, to take to make. Uh... God, he would probably say something really intelligent um, and thoughtful. Um, he would want to question him. If, it, if he's awake and he can see that he's awake, he'd want to question him. He'd probably do it in Westeron. Okay. What does he say? Um, oh, God. Um, how do you say it? Like... Say something like, uh, you brute, uh, <laughs> make one move and my friend here will slice you from um, something to navel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. Um, and, and he would say, uh, I guess he'd want to question them about the boat, about who they are and what with. No. God, I don't know. Um, it, yeah, you'd want to try and figure out if they know where the boat is without kind of alerting to them that that's what they're after. Um, oh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> where are you taking this prisoner? Okay. And yes. if you if, if do not lie. Okay. There's no response. I mean, other, other than just an pure evil um, from both him and Leif. Both, uh, and Leif. 
Try to seduce him. Um, I have a bit of a point. Yep, just a bit. Um, hmm. Might encourage Leif to kind of sort of stick him a little bit with his um, and, and say, answer, answer, or stay silent at your peril. That's probably enough time has elapsed, so we'll, we'll cut it there, but alright. Yep. Medicine going on. Uh, mm -hmm. Demos, you have just stuck your spear through this guy's head. It made a squishing noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he... I think he'd do... He can't really see... There's nothing really going on there. He'd probably do a full perception to see yeah. where, everyone's, where everyone's at. Yep, give me roll. Um, 35. Must, of course, it could be a really good roll. Bad roll. Ah, roll again, please. Oh. Forty-one. And what's his perception? Ah, uh, plus fifty. No. Just, you know, it's getting late in the day. Um, it's getting harder to see. Uh, like it's not quite dusk yet, but it's really close to being dusk. Um, he he doesn't see, hear, smell anything new. Uh, he's got a reasonable sense of what's going on in front of him, so he can see enough light to, to make out what's going on here. Uh, he can just make out grey kind of in the distance, um, but that's it. Um, I, uh, does he, does he, no, uh, no, he'd probably start walking towards the fighting, but I guess just conscious of the fact that there are a lot of people around, so he doesn't want to get in the way unless he needs to. Okay. So he's kind of there for backup support. <laughs> a bit like Etienne is doing. Yeah. So there is still one combatant barely on his feet that, that Askel is having a crack at. Um, and Etienne is kind of waiting along the side. Demos moves up to about here and does the same. Yeah. About right? Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Uh, speaking of Grey, Grey, your turn. Let's do. Um, he's going to keep... He's, he's running uh, to try and catch up with this guy. He's going to uh, keep running at three... Sure. Uh, times three. Yep. Uh, so that he can still try and push him again. Yeah, give me a roll, please. Okay. Uh... 31. 31. And his agility is 20. Yes. Okay, I'll check that. Yes, plus 20. Thank you. Bang. <coughs> Bang. Uh, it was an 
easy, so 31 plus 20... Okay, um, so I don't know, he's just a bit slower off the mark this time. He runs 80%, so he, I think you said his base movement rate was 55, is that right? Yeah. 55 times 3 is 160 divided by 100 times 80 is 132. So he runs... Uh, that's 100. 130... There we go. 130... Yeah. Bang. Where's the guy? Over here. He ran times 5. He's... He ran something like 300 foot last round. Well, damn. Okay. Come on, Gray! <laughs> yep. Uh, and... Next up is, is the chap you're chasing. Um, he is... Ball, ball, ball. Yes, he might. Look, he might. He absolutely might. Actually, I'm, for dramatic effect, I'm going to roll this roll in the open. If if he doesn't, uh, he is probably going to make even more distance. Exclamation mark. Uh, space, whoops. Uh, space D100. Coming at you. Oh, it's not good. No. It's not good. Isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, those, those, those arrow holes are slowing him down. They must be. Yeah, he's he mm. is not doing so well there. So, um, three times... Uh, oh, hang on, plus 10, plus 15 on a light. Uh, okay. So, with that poor roll, he only runs 70% of his possible. He is run, He's sprinting, though, at times 5 pace. Uh, divided by 100 times 70. So, however, uh, that's 240 foot. Sometimes five is fast. Now he can't. Whoops, he can't keep up the sprint forever, of course, because unless you are a, a marathon, you know, unless you are a trained athlete. Uh, so that's a hundred. Let's go to say there. Sometimes this mapping software just gets a bit funky when it, the maps start to get really large. Um, no, it's not. So I'm going to guesstimate here another 120 foot, basically not a million miles off the edge of the map frame. So I presume that I've seen this other Elvish woman appear out of the trees. Sure. Okay, so I think the first thing he's going to do, having noticed Carrius took this sort of cautious step back, is to crouch down on his haunches, hold his right hand down in front of him, mm -hmm. and then he's, the first thing he's going to do is cast his most alluring smile at this new 
woman that's appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's going to turn back to Karaos, who's busy charming, mm-hmm. um, and let her know that not only is she excellent at putting people to sleep, but it's fantastic to see how wonderfully supportive her friends are. Mm. Happy to come out of the shadows to clearly intimidate me, despite my bound hands. Wow. And then I might suggest to Karaos, it would be awfully nice if they felt like unbinding me, having just saved me. <laughs> Is that continuing? From, from our shared enemy. Fantastic. Is that a... Uh... Is that a shared, um, sorry, is that a, uh, a another charm? Well, yeah, so he's, def- he's definitely going to try and charm them both. He's going to try and, and charm the new person who's just appeared. I yeah. think it's Tanya, just okay. with a smile. Okay. And he's really going to turn the full weight of his charm on Karyos, um, who's already started working on. I'm going to have to get you to charm, charm up for me, Pete. Cool thing. I mean, it should really be grey, but I know the roll would be bad if it was. <laughs> oh, jeez, sorry. <laughs> what was the roll? It's ten. Oh, he's not going to do much to Tanya. Uh, plus only five. Plus twenty to Keros, though. Um, so, so eight. So ten was the roll. Plus eighty-five was the skill. Plus twenty for Keros is one hundred and fifteen. One hundred one in this. Sorry, one hundred eleven in this game is success. So for Keros, at least. Um, the result has been you have, you have influenced your audience. So uh, you play this out. T- you tend to use charm, etc., on non-playing characters um, because these are playing characters. It's kind of up to you to roleplay how you think they would act. Uh, but fair to say, Keros, that um, this this very pretty man has just come down and knelt down in front of you and held out his hands. Um, has you know has just been very charming and very affable, winning smile and beautiful looking. Tanya, in your case, you don't get the plus twenty on you, so ninety-five. Again, um, you know this this person has come up and has been quite quite charming towards you. He says perhaps you could um, un- un- unbind me. Uh, kind of almost coming out of combat, guys. So maybe just a quick a quick bit of dialogue. However, between both Tanya. Kiros and and Tarquin, just for a little bit, and then because we've still got a fight going on elsewhere. But just any any quick words from either or actions from either um, Kiros, Tanya, and then a reaction from Tarquin. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, like so she's got a she had a boat out. Yeah, wasn't is he? Directed, directed at him. So she she won't lower it as such, yep. but it's not she hasn't raised it to or what you know to escalate, so to speak. But right. um, um, I think she's still st- still a little bit guarded as a, as yeah. is her personality. Um, and you and, don't know, and you don't know this guy. No, no, no. And sort of like, uh, what would she do? She would be. Uh, I think it would be more. Um, yeah, all good and well, you know. Yes, we have let you go, and your hands are bound, and blah blah blah. Thank you. Um, but who are you? Okay. 
And then quickly, yeah. and quickly before Tarkin responds, um, if he does, uh, anything from you know, Keros, this full wattage charm coming in your direction, Keros. Um, I think she'd take a step forward, oh. but she'd kind of be watching Tenya. Okay. Just not, I mean, not not a crazy step forward. <laughs> Just a little one. <laughs> Jesus. Let, let's not go nuts here. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, just kind of, I suppose, watch, watch what ta um, Tanya does. Okay. And um, kind of see if Victory can pick up a vibe. <laughs> does Victory pick up a vibe? Um, Victory is kind of... Describe it. Um, kind of not, not particularly interested, not particularly bothered, really. Not neither one way or the other. Um, yeah, she's just kind of hanging around. Okay. Cool. Anything else? Yes. From, sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. No, no. I think I think that'll be it for now. I think she'd kind of as he keeps talking, and if if the conversation sounds like. It's kind of going okay. I think Kiros would probably continue to step forward a little bit. Has she got a? Does she carry a knife? I can't remember on a sword. She's got. She's got a sword in her belt, and she also has, she does have a long sword. She's not especially good with it. Um, she did have a bow out, I think, as well. Oh okay. I think she'd she'd probably just like have her. Oh no, she keep her hands free. I think okay. in case she needs to cast some spells. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Tarquin, any response from you? I, I think I would sit down, it's about as, as disarming as I can be, I'd hold my hands out again, um, and say, um, the ropes are chafing, um, cutting them off would be lovely please ladies, and then I'd turn to Tanya and say, so you ask, I know your good looking tin can friend over there. Okay. Um, nice. She's asked who I am, and that's what I'd tell her. Okay, okay, cool, very good. Thank you. And we'll, leave, and green. We'll, oh, le oh. we'll leave it at that for a second. Uh, lucky last is Mifan. It's round. Um, she wants to eliminate threats. Can she get a shot on the axe guy without any chance of hitting someone else? No, not without any chance. Uh, Demos is here. Uh, Etienne's here. Askel's here. Askel is right up next to this guy. Yeah. There would be a chance of you hitting him. She would be happy to. She's got 50% action before she fires, so she'd be happy to move up she, as close as she needs to. Understood. But, she, yep. There are too many people. Yeah, I mean, you can you can take a shot, but but I would put uh, soft cover in the way, and soft cover would reflect the fact yeah. that Askel is trying to cut this guy out. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure, for sure. So, so and if she went down, if she went down to the other side, then she'd risk it. Cool. She's going to go and menace the person who's still asleep. And she'll, she'll just say, finish that guy. Okay. Like, angrily. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she likes removing threats. She doesn't feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Got it. She'll be, and she, sorry, she's directing that to Demos and Etienne, like, sort of thing. I mean, Askel's doing his thing. Okay, cool. Uh, next round. Uh, initiative. What we're going to do, guys, just to kind of move through, in case there's no dramatic action from anybody, there's still a, a fight going on. Um, other than guarding and kind of threatening others, we'll, we'll move past that. Um, really, I want to concentrate on what happens here, and also uh, perhaps what's um, 
what's uh, great is attempting as well. So um, if, if you're not directly involved in that, uh, can I suggest we just we skip or pass unless you did desperately. So um, yeah. Uh, no, she will. Um, no, she's gonna. What? Uh, she she feels she might need to maintain her invisibility. There's nothing to do to do that. She will come up and be on. Be prepared, but between that guy and freedom. Uh, okay. Just in just in case. Back up. Uh, Jada, you're preparing last round. No, um, sight of a good-looking person and furiously praying. Well, she's lying down, so she hasn't. She hasn't seen. Yeah. She's. She's here. Cool. Okay. Uh, life. Uh, no, he's. Uh, no, continue with the menacing. Cool, Keros. Um, it, it, rather than go into death dialogue with Tarquin right now, let, let's perhaps pause that unless she does kind of anything else. So there's a. a conversation going on there and we'll, we'll come back to it but um any any actions i should be able to oh no i think yeah uh the same same for tanya we'll come back to the conversation um but any any actions i should be aware of. no uh uh the woman here is beginning to uh, regain consciousness. She's kind of coming, coming to her, her eyes are opening, and she's stirring. Uh, she's dutifully menaced by Severin, Leif, and, and potentially um, the farm as well. Askel, what's up? He, he is just going to pound on this axe dude again, 100%. Cool. Go for it. efforts and despite having a oh hang on you've got the plus 10 sword you do them two hits last shot yeah and uh yeah that'll be uh, all Askel's good rolling out of the way now so uh, yeah. <laughs> you're all four, fine now yeah four, four's the system's normal excellent you should have chosen a better weapon than a, uh, a cut less <laughs> good point good point oh. I like it Boo. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. That's like a dad joke. Hang on. Um, yeah. I thought it, it was funny, Pete. I thought it was oh, funny. Thanks, Mason. <laughs> that is a terrible um, dad joke. Um, oh, that's solid. What's the appropriate response here? Uh-oh. Boo, stinky. I think boo. It's fine. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was quite good, Pete. 
Um, <laughs> Even Eskel will go boo. <laughs> Uh, next up is Etienne. Etienne. So, Chris, can I just check? There's one person on the far left who's being guarded by two. Three, including Black, Severin, and yep, so, Mitha. Okay. And then these two, the woman and the person, um, yep, so these are the two remaining alive people. Correct. This is the only one here that's uh, a combatant. This woman has been asleep and she's just kind of waking up and she is being menaced between Methan, Severin and Leif. They're, between these three characters, they're turning their attention on these two people. Okay, um, look, Ethian's pretty clear that we only need one of these people alive, so I think he's gonna go and have a go at, um, and it looks to me like this person close to us is, is nicely covered by Demos and the other. So I think Etienne's going to run up to the woman who is stirring. Yeah. Um, and, and rinse and repeat. Okay. Broadsword through chest. Okay. Uh, so what is the distance there? Is this going to play nice? Yeah, it is. Um, so you're 20, you're 20 foot off, so I am going to minus 20 for you moving up and attacking. Um, I am going to ask for a proper attack roll because as I said she was awake and kind of stirring as opposed to being asleep so it's not it is a case of you actually having to roll an attack and she has a chance of kind of rolling or ducking out of the way but um, you get a massive bonus because she's on the ground and she's kind of just groggy from first waking up give your roll and yeah go for it could you do the honest thing? sure thing Eight. Uh, six eight. Was that? Three eight. Six eight. Cool. Uh, wallop. The condition that she's in is uh, downed, so that's a plus thirty for your roll. Um, you are using your hundred seventeen broadsword. Move. It's, it's a hundred hundred and twenty four, Chris. Uh, she does get partial DB because she's kind of awake. You have moved a little bit, um, but you get some pretty impressive bonuses. That is a whopping, um, will be, uh, 182 minus 150, uh, divided by, just that's what she's wearing. She is wearing metal armor, actually. Um, Um, you, you think you've um, 
you think you've hit her pretty hard, like she hasn't got up yet and you've walloped her. Uh, roll the A critical on her in just a second, just give me a chance to set what I need to reset. That was it. On number 86. 86, ooh, that's not great. 86. Uh, so that was... Uh, and that is 86, 86, um, smash, uh, in, in her back, um, another 12 hits, there's a horrible kind of crunching noise, uh, and, um, yeah, she, she screams, she's in a lot of pain, she's also bleeding from one of the arrow wounds, arrow wounds as well, yeah, she's, she's not in great shape. But she kind of just turned, just at the very last second, um, just as you brought down the, the uh, blow to basically end her life. Basically saved her. But she's she's still alive, but she is really not in great shape. Uh, uh, Chappie that's being guarded here is doing nothing. Um, and other chap... Uh, right. What you doing? Uh, he's running as fast as he can now, so he's doing a times five. Times five? Okay. Just in case this is all, all or nothing. This is pretty much it. This is it, actually. So no, no, <laughs> yeah. no pressure, great. It's an easy yeah. maneuver. Make a roll, please. Oop. Ah, 48. 48 plus 20 is 68, which gives you a result of 100. What does he normally run in a, in a round, please? 67. Uh, 55. 55 times 5 is a distance of 275 foot. Uh, can you make it? Will that get you up to that person? going to play nice with us. Uh, well that is... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep, I'm just trying to get an angle that works. So that's a hundred foot there. There, to the trees. Then another hundred foot. That's not accurate. God's sake, sorry, but the, the, as I said, the map goes kind of Get up in this angle. Right. Uh, from here, no. What is a hundred foot? That's. Oh, maybe it works here. That's a hundred and. That is 200 there, so let's move him to that point, let's see if 75 from there, oops, they're flying, okay. <laughs> he can uh, fly, he can fly, he can, uh, 
175. Yeah, that's 185. I'm sorry, Gray. Uh, ran as fast as he could on that second turn. The chap is out distance him and is now away. Unless, oh, unless he f screws up this round. Unless he screws up this round. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, and this is his turn. Here we go. So no pressure. Basically, if he rolls pretty much anything other than a one, two, three, four, five, it's gone. Uh, let's find an exclamation mark. Uh, space B. Hundred. Seventy. And that's Man. that's it. I'm afraid, Gray, your quarry um, disappears into. Uh, another small copse of trees and some stones. Uh, Grey rushes in, looking for him. Uh, gets disorientated, thinks he hears a noise going out one side. Goes to chase it, and then, um, regrettably, realizes that he he, heard, he misheard. And peering around, he sees the guy just cresting a hill miles off, a long way. Out. You're chasing that. Sorry about that. Hopefully he dies from his wounds. Maybe. Uh, maybe. 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 Right. Yeah. Who knows? Um, There's a lot of animals out there too. There are a lot of animals. Um, Mithun, any any actions other than menacing people I should be aware of? She will shoot the guy. She will shoot the no, guy. Sorry, the, the, the girl. The girl. So, so she can move next to Etienne and fire directly at them. There's no one behind them. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yes. Nice. Nice. And she's on the ground. Give me a roll, please. And you can back attack as well, my thumb. <laughs> Just murdering these people on the ground. These poor people. 88. 88. 12. Okay. Uh, so that is a rear attack. Uh, you get a bonus of plus 25 on the range. 88 on the roll and a composite bow of 113. Uh, that's a result of 261. 111 divided by. This is going to be unpleasant for her. This is going to be very unpleasant for her. Seven hits. In, in an, that's a massive amount of bow. Uh, an E and a C critical. Roll the E. Ah, nineteen. Um, add plus twenty to your next attack. Uh, fair to say, Pete, you killed her on hit points alone. Um, well and well and truly. What happens? Uh, yeah, just just shoot her in her mouth. She's so noisy now. Might as well kill her. You know, kill her now rather than killing her later. She's so noisy. And then the would reload. Okay, lovely. Uh, that was killed sixth level. Please. Be Thank you. Sorry to take that kill, uh, Etienne. Uh, nice, nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> Tarquin, um, we'll come back to the conversation once the combat's over. Does, does Tarquin 
kind of do anything much here, because major action. No, no. Oh. Uh, Nicholas, same question for you. No, no, okay. nothing. Cool. Uh, Shaf with the axes is doing very well. She is um, uh, Severin? Any action I should be aware of? Uh, he would just—he would be—he would be trying to menace the guy as well. Okay. Was, is there, he's still alive? He is still alive. Yeah. He's not dead yet. Okay. There's, um, there's been murder here, but um, yes. this, this chap here is—he uh, is—he's got a—he's got a bad a couple of bad injuries. Like he's got arrows yeah. sticking out of his leg. Um, he's not bleeding especially much, but he's really he's not looking good. I think it kind of maybe want to just tie his hands up anyway. Okay. Oh. Uh, Demos, last actor. The action that Demos is doing. Uh, um. If he. The distance between him and the, the dude, the bad dude, is it's not massive, is it? Oh, sorry. Is it? Is it? No, it's uh, it's four foot. It's oh, okay. Head, head step in and head step in and stab. Okay, you get a flank attack on this attack. Uh, Let's go. And sorry. give me a roll. It's a two. Demos. <laughs> oh, Demos, oh, no. do you stab your own foot? Oh, um, no. <laughs> give me a roll, please. Let's see what happens. Oh, you this wanna... isn't what I wanted. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What's it's a 92. Roll? That's a 92. I've had enough. enough. <laughs> you trip and fall. It'll take four okay. rounds to recover. You are unable to parry for three rounds. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, trip over your feet. Your spear, your sword. Now, got now, far too excited. He did, he did. Rushing in for the kill. Um, now, you can imagine that there is no other foes around you uh, right now, but you can imagine in a combat situation. Yeah, this is not, this is uh, not good. That would have been bad. So you're lucky, very lucky. That is the end of the rounds. Um, um, you have that wah, wah, wah sound effect. We do. Sorry, Demos. Yes, we do. Shit. Needed. And, and does Demis also see that this? <laughs> I was gonna say, does Demis also see in the distance what looks like a bus driving away? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor Demos' owner. Oh. Um, one, one more. Sorry, that was that was. The dice, dice don't like you tonight, Mason. Sometimes they like yes, sometimes they don't. It's a very humbling moment. It is humbling. Welcome to F with World. That is the end of that round. All I'm going to concentrate on now, please, um, just to round this off, is this little messy fight here. Um, that is the end of the round initiative. Uh, I want to know if anybody is doing anything in this fight. We're starting off with Neathanol. Just a yes or a no. No, not from the ethanol, Nicholas, Lake, or Mathem. Thank you. Uh, Jada, we're doing what I need to be aware of. 
Ah, uh, nope. Hope just preparing, getting just in case anyone needs me. Okay, done. Super. Uh, Gray actions from yourself. Seeing your quarry running away. He's he's just gonna start to head back with his head hung low. <laughs> Poor Gray. Poor yeah. Gray. Um, we Wait, need... call out to call out to Wingy and oh see no. if she wants to come down for a little no. little cuss, little cattle. There you go. Oh crap! Oh crap! <laughs> oh crap! Is that appropriate? I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, As oh, he's pushing his pony oh, tail oh. around. Stinky. Or is that, is that stinky? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe more stinky. Maybe yeah. more stinky. Alright. One more. Something oh, oh. Stinky. Oh good. Stinky <laughs> situation. Alright. Comes back. Ningman comes down. He gives his... He gives his bird... He gives his bird a, a cuddle because he's in need of some affection. There we go. Okay, um, so that's heading back. Uh, uh, Keros, anything in relation to this activity going on? Yeah, yeah, no. Nay. Cool, thank you. Tanya, same question. Um, no, no. Just keeping an eye on this new chap. Cool, yes. Uh, Etienne, you've just committed, you've just seen murder committed with a bow right in front of your face. Uh, are you doing anything in this immediate situation? There's only one person left alive, right? Uh, one, one combatant. Um, yeah, 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 one combatant left alive. I think I congratulate Mithan, that's it. Okay, done. I shoot, Dex. Uh, Mithan, you've just been congratulated. You're doing it. Just, just, just give him a look, like a little wintry smile. <laughs> wow, that's progress. Okay. Um, the moment we've all been waiting for. Askel. Go for it. Yes. Alright. We well, you know exactly what I'm going to do. Alright, this time. I've got that four out of the system. 77. There you go. 72 plus 10. 72 plus 10. Uh, he is parrying for all these um, any any sensible person would have thrown down their weapon by now. Clearly beaten. This guy doesn't appear to be sensible. Just staring daggers at you. That you managed to get through his defences. That's nine under D slash. Roll the critical, please. D slash. Ninety one. That's gonna smart. Nice. Uh, so he, uh, your your call. There's a description here of what happens to him, or I can tell you that uh, he he died. You, you definitely killed him on um, on hit points. How do you want to do it? Description, or do you want to describe what happened? Uh, yeah, read out the description and I'll see if it. Okay, so your options are sever foe's weapon arm. Foe is stunned and able to parry for the next nine rounds. Foe then dies. Plus fifteen hits. Okay, okay, I think I can work with that. So I think it would be uh, an almighty chop. Taking the arm off, uh, they would probably do that. Oh, I look at, there goes my arm. Uh, and then, like, going to that, uh, probably to that sort of convulsing panic shock. 
uh, and then Asker would probably just, with a boot, just give him a bit of a shove with his boot and book him onto the ground. Now very, very, and very wiping his cutlass on the pose. And, and the indignity of doing that as well. There you go. Pick up his arm and hit him around the head with the wedding. <laughs> oh, gosh. That, that is Askel's second only. Well done, well done. Your second second only kill. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. He's killed an undead dog. <laughs> now Times two XP. That is times two XP, yeah. And the XP on that is uh level six. Very good. Um, the combat is now over. Uh, GM is going to pause, head to the loo, have a chat amongst yourselves. I'll come back and then we can uh, kind of wrap things up. Back in a sec. I wonder if Jada knows what time it is. Ooh. What do you mean? It could be uh, hypnotism time, right? Oh, finally! Um. <laughs> Yeah, I've, Nicholas has a couple of spells to make people talk, so if hypnotism doesn't quite work the way we want it to, and oh. we, we want to know where their camp is, we want to know what do we want to know from these guys? Mm. Where, they, where their camp is, how many of them there are, where the weapons are, what the arrangements are. Who they are? Who they, who they who, are. Well, yeah, that's a good start. We're assuming they're TCOS agents, but if yeah. they're here, start with who they are, so I think the anyway, only problem did were, they know we went? Did they know, did they know about us? Yeah, yeah. So just reading. Do we notes. want to ask them about this other party too? About which other party? Like, didn't we come across another party who was supposed to be doing what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what I would have too. Like, that's the Roldina oh, But the Roldina. I want to know if this is a massive setup. Yeah, so let's find out if they're truly TCOS people. The Waldenic Church people, though, had the same map and signalling device as we do, which was given to us by the Mon Men. So our assumption right, so was that the, the Waldenic also Church people the were also sent. That's our assumption, but absolutely it could be a big setup. Who knows? Who, these Mon Men people seem very, very... Is Chris clever enough to think of that? Oh, yeah. A, he's a smart yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. He's had this plan for ages. <laughs> Um, who, yeah, so I reckon there who who they are, if they know who we are, where they are, where the weapons are, what's the pickup arrangements, how many there are, if yeah. they know about us, that sort of stuff. So just reading the uh, hypnosis thing, so an unwilling individual, which they will be, his natural resi resistance role is doubled. So. That might be a bit. You might need a bit of magic. Well, work better. I, I, I reckon give Jada. A, well, I'm with the guy. I have a crack. Yeah. I'm waiting. But the, yeah, but Nicholas is happy to do a little spell thing. But also, it's getting on for evening, so I think the next step is to find a place to set up to, for the night, maybe as well. Do some scouting, depending Those on the bodies. <laughs> Already, folks. And, and maybe our new person. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, GM's back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to zip through each each character. I'd like you just to give me a quick 
summation of in the next call it 15 10 15 20 minutes of what your your character's plans are and then i'll narrate a bit and then we'll tie the story together so um this is kind of all happening simultaneously so let's start let's start off with um askel the, the two characters well anthony the two characters you're playing in the next little bit we won't roll dice right now i'll just get a theme of what's going on and then we'll, we'll narrate the story a bit so what does askel and uh tanya do in this little while uh, Eskel would uh, suggest to us that we move the bodies into the trees, so he'll pick up the body in the awkwardly. Obviously, it's, it doesn't have that arm to put, <laughs> lift up under yep. um, or something. Um, and he'd probably want to give the body a, a quick search as well for anything useful, you know, information, mm -hmm. documents, or anything like that. But that's what he'd want to do. Oh, cool. As uh, for Tanya. Um, Obviously, she'd see the fight seems to be up, um, over, um, and just kind of, I guess, oh, she'd, you know, she'd probably call out to the others to, to come over, you know, because they've obviously got someone there. She's not quite, uh, yeah, ready to lower her bow slash mm -hmm. guard completely, but yeah, yep. but I think she'd call out to the others to come over. But, um, yeah, like probably Severin or, um, yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. Got a, got a feel for that, and I'll come, I'll kind of narrate that and talk that through in a second. Um, Mason, the, the two characters that you're playing, what are, what are both Demos and, um, Keros doing the next little, little bit? What are uh, plans? Demos would get up and be all embarrassed for falling over. <laughs> Um, could have ha happened to anyone. <laughs> and then he, I suppose he'd, he'd help with move the bodies mm -hmm. as needed. Um, and then Kiros. Uh, yeah, if, if Tanya's called people over, she'd sort of wait. She'd probably take a couple of steps closer because Victory's being all fine and, um, you know, she's been charmed a little bit. So, okay. probably take a couple of small, tiny little steps. <laughs> <laughs> little steps. Over Teeny, towards, tiny steps. Over towards very the, gracefully. The pretty man. Okay, cool. Talk that through. Thank you. Uh, Gray, you, you take some time coming back, but once you, you get back to the group, uh, what, what are your plans? And uh, what is Severin doing? <laughs> uh, uh, once he gets back, he would just kind of let the guys know that he hadn't been able to catch the guy. Um and he'd just want to be helping with disposing the other bodies, I guess, helping out, helping, help, just being useful so that he can kind of redeem himself a bit. <laughs> um, and Severin, I think Severin would want to be there uh, when they question the guy, who'd want to question him. And yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Uh, Stara, so you've been hearing screams and murder and twangs of bows and hitting of swords and then it's gone quiet suspiciously quiet what do you do uh creep forward and have a look okay come so, out a little bit see what if it's safe so it is now safe there's kind of clean up there's there's dead people on the ground um there's a, a, a strange guy with his hands bound uh up up here what do you what do you do what, in the next little bit uh come over see if anyone needs help mm-hmm See good-looking guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> ridiculously good-looking guy. 
pray, pray extra. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just see if anyone needs healing or okay. um, ask who's the new person, what's going on. Miraculously, Matt, this is where tactics, surprise, all kinds of stuff actually come into play in fights. Uh, nobody, nobody took any injury Matt, that I can think of, took any injury there, so no, your healing skills on this occasion aren't, uh, aren't needed. Unusual. Um, just Demos' skin. pride. Just Demos' pride. I was going to say, Demos' pride's a bit wounded, but... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I'll whip up a potion. <laughs> yes. Maybe nobody saw Maybe yeah, no one saw. Like he, he what, hoped. me fall over? No. Um, <laughs> next is uh, Nicholas. The multitude of characters that you're playing, Pete, uh, what do those four people do? Well, Leif will stay on guard duty of the hmm? the uh, prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yep, but... Uh, or, uh, sorry, so I have to say all four characters want to be involved in the meeting of the new person, but Leif will always be guarding, or someone needs to always be guarding the prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Leif will be there for interrogation up to a point. Yep. Um, yep. Mathan would want to be on lookout a lot mm-hmm. um, as and help, help with the cleanup, but be on lookout, meet the new person, but also be there for interrogating. Yep. Nicholas would uh, meet the new person and cast some spells for interrogation if needed. Mm-hmm. Um and Neathanel would stay invisible, but let people know where she is and would stay on watch. Cool. Lovely. And then lastly, um, uh, Giles, both Tarquin and, and Etienne in the next little bit. I think Etienne would want to support um, Leith in getting the prisoner over so everyone is grouped together towards the new person. Yep. Um, and if any cleanup is needed, would do cleanup. And as Etienne gets closer to the new person, I think he's smile broadly and laugh loudly um, to himself and, and shake his head. Really? Okay. Um, Interesting. And, and I think Tarquin would um, get into the most comfortable position he possibly can, continue to um, charm as much as he can both Tanya and Kiros. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's seen Kiros's caution um, so possibly would look to be talking a little bit more and charming Tanya a little bit more about about what a good-looking bunch she seems to have collected her with and yep. what fantastically good fighters they are and how lucky he is to have been rescued, possibly saved would be the word he'd use. Saved. All right, cool. Um, okay, I am going to ask for one dice roll, and that is to see how you go on just kind of Charming Tanya, this is with a plus 20. Give me a roll, please. Oh, go for your life, Pete. Sorry, I hope I can deliver a um, better result. 100, please. 100 is what I want to deliver. <laughs> oh, 41. Best 40. one yet for him, though. 41 plus 85 plus 20. It's 146. Um, I mean, you know just been a fight lots of people just got murdered with sharp pointy things but this very nice man has just been very nice to you tanya so play that out in, in a few seconds as you wish so that was a success all right but narration from the gm um gray you, you you come back um you explain uh that to to your disappointment um your, your quarry uh has has escaped you um you come back and you you join your companions in uh dragging uh 
dragging the bodies, and there are you know, four bodies um, up, some of them in bits, uh, up into the trees. I won't bother moving them, but you drag them up and, and uh, disguise them as much as you can under the underbrush. There is obviously still quite a lot of blood on the ground. Um, you were asking Askel about checking, uh, checking things, having a look on some pockets and bits and bobs, and going, whoops, a daisy. Go see that? Yes, you can. If I do that, you can't see it. Uh, going into your chat now is bits and bobs. Um, oops, no, that book exclamation mark. There we go. Um, you drag the bodies, uh, and the, the weapons and equipment that these people have appear to be of good quality, but probably nothing, uh, nothing exceptional. Um, you're definitely all, all on watch. Uh, you, um, you're keeping a, a very close eye out in your surroundings. One thing you do all notice, uh, which is a bit ominous, is it's been a nice sunny day today. But um, as, as night is beginning to draw on, it will be fully dark in probably the next hour. Um, the, you do notice some massive uh, thunderclouds off in the distance coming perhaps in your direction. Maybe rain is coming. Um, you all, after you've disposed of the bodies, uh, you, uh, you then, just a second, uh, you then head into the, 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 the trees um, yourselves. You keep some distance between you and um, you and the prisoner. Uh, you make sure that they're kind of out of, out of earshot, but you always have at least two people guarding them. The state of this guy, just to give you a sense of, of who he is, um, he looks like this, and he has, uh, I think it would have, I think it might have been Tanya's arrow sticking out of his leg. Uh, it's not bleeding, especially, so, um, and uh, Jadar, at kind of first glance, he doesn't appear to be in any mortal danger of dying, um, at least not from, from this injury, like the, the piece of wood is still sticking out of his leg. He's limping horribly. He's not going to be able to run any anywhere in the condition he's in, um, and he, he's clearly in great pain. Um, pretty staunch, though. He hasn't, he hasn't screamed much. I mean, he's certainly grimacing. Uh, and and now that the adrenaline's worn off a little bit, you can see that he's he's in a huge amount of pain. He's gone completely white, but he's not bleeding um, substantially. So he doesn't. Jada, your your quick review of his health is, you think you know he's not about to die or pass out or anything from um, uh, from the pain or the injury. You bind him up. Um, you keep him some distance away from you, within the ear just earshot if, uh, from a cry if needed. Um, and then the rest of you gather around uh, this newfound person. Um, and I'd just like you to kind of talk it out, role play it out. Um, Etienne, you're present. I'm going to say the people guarding are uh, Tanya, uh, just to kind of break break things up. So Tanya is guarding, Severin's guarding um, your prisoner some distance off, who's also playing another character. And yeah, um, and... Uh, let's say Leif, one of your characters, uh, Mithan, uh, heads over and keeps an eye on him as well. So those those three characters are keeping a very close eye on your prisoner. He is out of earshot, um, but the rest of you gather around in cover. So you go into the into the woods or you go into into the trees. You find a, a spot up here. You think it's probably the most defensible with some 
um, some stones around you. Uh, what? How does the conversation go with the person? The bound hands, please. So just roll play it out. Um, you kind of get comfortable. Talk it through. Who says what? Just talk it. Talk it out. Go. So Tanya would. Um... Chris, Chris, just before we start, um, can I can I just ask a question? Mm -hmm. What language is spoken in the free city of uh, Jebi Babylon? Uh, South Town. Thank you. Cool. Uh, Tanya? Uh, Tanya would be uh, or just calling Severin over to, to talk, like, you because know, uh, she obviously, see, you know, used to Severin being the lead and, um, Doing most of the questioning and and stuff. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. And sort of like, uh, she'd just be questioning Sev. What do we do? All right. Anything from either Tarquin or Etienne or anybody? Just talk it through, guys. So I think I think what Tarquin would do is um, again turn his charm on the crew. Mm -hmm. Um. And express the same thanks he expressed to carry us to all of them. Um, I think he'd turn to Neathanel mm -hmm. uh, and thank her for her obvious leadership. Um, um, Neathanel's invisible. Oh, oh, okay. In that case, <laughs> we'll turn to, well, he'll pick one of them, um, Leith. Uh, Leith was in the fight, wasn't he? And he's here. Is he over guarding the, the warrior? Oh, he's, he's there, and he's the one who gave you a nod as he ran past. Yeah, that's right. So I think he'll turn. Good point. Turn to Leith, return the nod, thank him for being an excellent leader, uh, and thank him for saving his life. And uh, I think he probably expressed that he feels like he owes him and his crew a, a debt of gratitude for his safety at the very least and his life potentially, um, and that he's in his debt um, personally for that. Could could we have a Actually, a, a really good description of him. Height and size and what does he look like? How's he dressed? Oh, one last thing. Um, you did discover um, a set of equipment uh, on some of these some of these people. Um, so I'm back... getting to that. Yeah. Uh, yep, cool. go for it. So, okay, so um, I guess what you see, Leith, is a, 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 as has already been described, and you all know, a remarkably good-looking, a fairly young man. He's of slightly more than average height um, and is remarkably... Um, striking both in his facial and physical characteristics. Uh, he also seems very comfortable uh, in his skin, uh, almost if he's, as if he's kind of, you know, either learnt or is intuitively good at at recognising his own physical characteristics and the benefits they might bring him. I mean, obviously, there's just been a big fight. There'll be a little bit of blood. Um, Tarquin, on the other hand, is happy, essentially lazing on the ground, uh, chit-chatting to Karios and Tanya, very relaxed, very comfortable, very pleased to see everybody. Um, so he's comfortable, he's relaxed, he's uh, you know good-looking in his dress. He also has no equipment on him, um, which is obviously unusual when you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we'd be quick to point out um, that, that there might be a bundle of equipment um, that's his, and he's happy to point out what's in it should they wish to know. Um, and I think, in a nutshell, that's what you see when you see uh, Tarquin actually resting and waiting for you all. He's also quite slender, too, isn't he? he he's a um, he's a mesomorph. 
so so slender triangular in the in the in the torso yeah. uh, clearly knows how, how to how to handle himself um and he would have spoken in Westeron um when he first spoke to Curios and Tanya and would speak to Westeron in Westeron initially to you um essentially pretty fluently um and then would turn and say hello um to the tin can and he'd talk to him in slightly coarser but clear south tongue the tin tin can being Etienne obviously what does he say to Etienne he'd say ah fancy meeting you here again tin can even even amongst this remarkably good-looking crew you still shine Bit, bit tricky because Etienne is being played by the same person. But... <laughs> oh, it's me! It's me! I've forgotten. <laughs> and I think Etienne would smile back and agree. Okay. Um, uh, Leif would be wanting to. Okay, so in response to that, Leif would be uh, would would be would tentatively but warmly accept the greetings and things and. Um, you know, ask about his story, how he came to be here. Um, comment he's very relaxed for perhaps being a prisoner. Um, throughout, he'd be wanting to do live perception. Yeah, um, sure. Yep. Yep. Um, he's making a judgment, basically. But at some point, he would be willing, he would be uncomfortable. If you know, At some point, if he is convinced, he would be uncomfortable having him remain bound. So he'd be happy to um, unbind him. Especially, here everybody knows Etienne. He'd definitely want to hear Etienne's um, judgment on this fellow and if they're friends and if Etienne vouches for him that's way good enough for life could so. you give me a, a couple of life give me two life perception rolls sure um, and actually Tanya who's still invisible but sort of lurking in the shadows but a voice from the shadows would also do life perception um, as well Nathan, you mean. Uh, sorry Nathanel Nathanel yeah so that's um, 80 for life and oh, his skill and... yeah Skill and life perception is thirty-one. Okay. And the second, the second one, please. Um, I suppose he would dispense with this by the time he realizes that Etienne's a friend, and he would just put his faith in Etienne. Uh, this is life anyway. Yep. Twenty-nine. Okay. Can you? Uh, yeah. Can you roll again, please? Ah, uh, ninety. Uh, and what did you say the skill was? Thirty-one. Okay. Uh, all right, brilliant. Thank you. That's that's great. Um, so yeah, what is what is Tuckwin saying? Can I just check? Is Lace going to address Etienne first or Tarquin first? Oh, so what I was meaning was that as Tarquin was sort of greeting us and everything, Leif would have responded and um, would have, you know, politely inquired about his story and, you know, sort of tentatively, and Chet be doing the live perception then. And as soon as Tarquin turned to Etienne and acknowledged him, then then Leif would, would allow that friendship, to, well, allow them to connect. And then, if needing prompting, he would prompt Etienne to tell us more about his relationship and to, you know, to, you know, reassure the group that this person is trustworthy, basically. So, yeah. I think Tarquin would turn to um, Leith and turn his charm on him as hard as he could. Um, he'd tell him that it's, he feels lucky to have met them, um, and lucky to have met them 
with somebody whom he knows and knows reasonably well, I would call a close friend. Um, he'd explain he grew up in, in the countryside um, and he grew up in the foothills of the Briskin Mountains um, where he spent most of his time, um, but like all young men, decided to head into the city um, and went to the free city of Jebebe Blom. Um, and while he was there, he met Etienne. Um, and that's how the two know each other. They've been drinking friends and carousing friends um, in the city and spent many a fun night together. Um, I think Tarkun would also disclose that he owes a debt of gratitude to Etienne as well, um, as Etienne um, got him out of a spot of trouble. Um, and for that, he's doubly grateful to have met him a, a second time, that being now. Um, and as Etienne will say, he's also owes Etienne um, his sword and arrow, should he wish it. Uh, he'd explained that things had gone badly at home after parting ways with Etienne, um, and that had led him um, to be thinking about how he might be able to uh, make his way in the world um, uh, as a young man. Um, and in thinking about that, he was thinking about... Uh, I just want to make sure I get the names right. That he was thinking about. Where have you gone? Where have you gone? A note, by the thinking way, about, in your channel, Leif. Yeah, that he was. He's been thinking about um, people from the United Peasant Party. Um, and feels they may have been partly responsible for some of the difficulties in returning home. And in the process of thinking about them and trying to find out more about them, he heard that there might have been parts of them, and that parts of them, something called the New Enlightenment Union, uh, that might might be a group of people that he'd be interested in. Um, and through one method or another, it wasn't too difficult to track others interested who ended up on this godforsaken island in the middle of nowhere. And so through rather a circuitous route, this is where he's ended up. Um, he'd say he'd been here for not long at all um, and had the um, delicious delights of Shadow's Rest, a place he'd not recommend uh, to others. Um, however, in discussions with the, the people who lived there, he'd wondered if this was the place to come where he might learn more about this group, and so he'd headed up this way. And he turned to Etienne and asked the tin can man if he had anything he wanted to add to his group of friends. It's, um, ugh. And now I guess I need to be Etienne. So and I think Etienne's response, <laughs> apart from being slightly sick of hearing my own voice, would be to, um, to give him a warm hug, bang his chest, agree it was both delightful and surprising that they meet, and would say that he'd be certainly calling in the debt. Um, I think he'd definitely vouch to him for the group. Um, and tell them that they've made the right choice uh, in terms of which side to pick, the prisoner, uh, not the not the detainees. Um, and I think that's probably where Etienne would leave it. Okay. Oh. Anything else from anybody else? Um, Ray would just be a bit, like, surly. <laughs> <laughs> Grace he's, not sure he likes him yet. he's not sure he likes him yet. Oh, okay. It's yet to be determined. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's I thinking. 
So I think at this point, that would be pretty obvious uh, to Tarquin, who'd turn to him, um, uh, flatter him about not only his good looks, but the fact he was the only one who prepared to be, you know, run off in pursuit of the obvious risk that, that a person who'd escaped um, might lead to the group, um, and ask him politely if he might be so good as to cut his binds. Is he, uh, is he asking Gray? Yeah. He is, yep, he's definitely asking Gray. Yep. Gray would probably just go a bit red and be like, mutter, like, mmm, um, <laughs> and just kind of not look at, and just look away. I don't think he would cut his, his, I don't think he would want to be the one to cut it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, interesting. Life, life's happy too, but, you know, with, with Etienne's endorsement, Life is happy too, because. If, if, if he's sort of speaking to Leif, then he, Leif would also feel the right thing to do, by the way. I, I think at this point, Etienne would probably ask um, Tarquin if it was his gear that they found on these people um, and would offer to give it back to him. Okay. So there's been a selection of both. What, what gear? What gear do people find? Oh. Well, Chris, didn't you say that there was a bundle of gear that looked like it was all put yes, together? Yes, yeah, for sure. I'm sure. What I'm, what I'm asking is, what is what what could you describe the gear that Tarquin had on him that was taken? Oh, are, are you guys asking me to do that, or are you just happy to give me the bundle of goods back? Either or. But basically, a backpack and some other uh, some weapons. What weapons? I, I have a backpack, an arrow, um, uh, some arrows, and obviously a, a short bow. Um, I have a dagger and a short sword they took off me. I have some herbs, yep. a rather nice rope, uh, and the general uh, paraphernalia required to live in the outdoors. So you now have that back. Um, any any Sounds other quick... Uh, so, by the way, guys, it's bang on 10. I'm happy to go for another half an hour. I'm also happy to uh, nail it there. What do people want to do? Um, I probably should shoot off because I've still got a, I've got a bit of work I need to finish for tomorrow morning. Okay. Others? I have a I have a very early start tomorrow, Chris. Let's let's um, let's wrap let's wrap there. So yeah, yeah. sounds good. Cool. Just, so yep. My final comments from Leif would be he would um yeah he look, would look a little bit dubious at at um Tarquin's story about how he got there, um but he gives him the benefit of the doubt. He would want to understand more about who he's met. He, did he come with other people? Um, I'm saying these so we don't forget for next time. Because sure. he would like that next time. Um, and um, yeah, and what you know, and then we, I think, as a part, we have to decide how much we want to let him in. But certainly, Leif is definitely willing to be led by um, Etienne's approval of him. Excellent, cool. Uh, could I just quickly zip around everybody? Last kind of closing comments or thoughts for the night. Um, yeah. Any? Yeah. Uh, goodness me. Uh, let's just. Let's start with uh, Askel, kind of just to wrap things up in terms of anything you're doing, saying to, to the new person, to the prisoner, anything else I need to know for tonight? Uh, no. Uh, Askel would probably just sort of like give a bit of a shrug and just sort of, you know, probably, yeah, whatever, and start sort of cleaning his cutlass and maybe looking at any like dings or chips in it, you know, probably just go and get off and, you know, think about fire, food, and what have you. Cool. Um, it is getting off a night. Cool. Very good. Second kill. I can't believe it's a second kill. 
Very good. Um, anything, anything specifically that Tanya should be doing just to round things off? Uh, yeah. So I guess Tanya now, like, see, like you know, she kind of follows on from Sev's lead a bit. So she would, you know, just relax the bow, pop the arrow back, um, just kind of do her normal sort of like a little bit as it's described. Um, she can be um, a little bit spiky, so she'd be like in cynical, so she'd be like, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, she'd just turn and, you know, probably similar to Askel, just start tending to her bow and thinking about, you know, getting set in for the night. Cool. Done. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Demos and Keros. Um, I think Demos, Demos would probably. Um, Demos would probably hang back a little bit from the group. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think Kiros... I'm listening to the conversations that's been going on. I think Kiros is kind of like, okay, it's probably... We could probably undo his ties and just start, again, inching just a little bit more forward until she gets, like, the actual okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be Kiros that undies, does his bonds. Is that right? Done. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Lovely. Uh, anything from either Grey, anything, well, we've already touched on Grey, I guess, sulking a bit and kind of shuffling his feet. Um, anything from Severin before we wrap? Um, uh, Severin, yeah, he'd just be wanting to get as much information as he can from that guy um, and just wanting to kind of get the party all together and and kind of come up with a plan for what to do next time. Uh, oh. Not next time, well, in the future. Done. And we will pick that up at exactly that point. Start next time. Uh, Jada, um, your amazing healing skills that have saved so many lives over the um, the course of this uh, these campaigns haven't been needed. Everybody was fine. Yeah, what else? Anything else you're doing that should be better? Oh, no, Jada's just staring at Tarquin's chiseled jaw and rather <laughs> extra quiet and thoughtful. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, she, might, she might ask if she, if anyone wants me to heal any of the people that we've just attacked, but they seem all right, so. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's move to Tarquin and we'll give the last words, I think, to Pete. Anything from Tarquin, Tarquin or one. Etienne? Tarquin would simply offer to help uh, set up camp um, and be happy to share um, information as they want to know it. Um, and I think Etienne would simply get on with you know, preparing for the evening. Oh, done. Uh, and I'm going to say at this moment, unless anybody objects, that Keros comes up and perhaps blushing a little bit, um, severs Tarquin's bonds. That's Tarquin's bonds. Tarquin, you are now free. Uh, last, last word from you, Pete. <laughs> Um, I don't think anything that can't be picked up next time. Definitely interrogation of the other guy. Got it. I do think we won't be, I don't, uh, if, yeah, Askell's wanted to light a fire, I think would, Leif would probably want to have a discussion with him, perhaps at best not to, I guess. We'll just talk about that. Um, just because we want to keep under, undercover. Um, yeah, no, nothing particularly. Yeah, just, oh, we're having a discussion about how much we tell Tarquin and if he wants, and, and his plans if he wants to join us, basically. Okay, cool. Excellent. So that's where we leave it. Um, it's it's now night. It is now night. And just as you're kind of beginning to sort out uh, kind of what you're planning on doing, 
there is a crash of thunder above you and the heavens open and it doesn't just start to rain it buckets down and that folks that's where we're gonna leave it for tonight nice job nice yeah thanks chris there we Getting go back. cool thank you actually hell what happened to my rain there we go very good guys <laughs> tune in next time um well met to tarquin well introduced tarquin Yay! Um, yay! <laughs> yay. Questions, Chris? What's that, sorry? Questions. Um, will you do the uh, the XP sheet? Will you put the new tab up? Yes, I will. I'll sort, I'll sort of XP, guys. Okay. Excellent. And um, Sophocles Vader? Yes, please. Sophocles uh, would be uh, Askel. Did some good rolling tonight. Excellent. Excellent. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. I'm going to say that. <laughs> and, and Vader? I think it should go to Tarquin because it was some amazing charming. Excellent. <laughs> to get his songs undone. <laughs> and well done. Charming. <laughs> Well done, well done. There we go. Well, that's a, a hearty welcome to the team, Tarquin. Excellent. Great to have you aboard. There we go, guys. Good stuff, then, bud. You bet. Pick it up next next time, <laughs> next next week, in fact. <laughs> <laughs>